Phantomaniacs, welcome to the newest episode of the Needless Things Podcast, where we talk about toys, movies, music, and all manner of pop culture dorkery. I am your host, Phantom Troublemaker, and I have just returned home from a family viewing of the Lego Batman movie. It's a lot of fun. It's exactly as much fun as you think it's going to be. There are some things that I didn't necessarily think were great. But I will get into more detail on that in my official review of the Lego Batman movie, which you can find at supportphantom.com as part of my patron-exclusive content. I don't know yet whether I'm going to write it or record it, but it will go up there, along with a very special lost episode of the Needless Things podcast. In 2013, I conducted an interview with a band called Round Ear Spock. Uh, I did this not in the Phantom Zone, but in Phantom Studios, which is in the back of Odin's Cosmic Bookshelf. And we had the whole band reunited for the first time in several years, all in one spot, and conducted an interview as best I could. Uh, they, uh, you, you probably are not familiar with them, but they were big in the Atlanta punk scene and notorious for being, uh, let's say, problematic. And I'm not a big fan of that word because the context in which it's used in modern times is usually kind of annoying, but they're known for being trouble. And, you know, they, some of them have mellowed with age and some of them have not. But this interview was unlike anything else I have ever attempted. It put my skills to the test. And, and I honestly, I failed the test because <laughs> I, I went back in and just could not edit this thing into something I felt was okay for a standard episode of the Needless Things podcast. But now, four years later, I've got supportphantom.com, and I feel like this is a fun and worthy thing for uh, the people who are contributing to supportphantom.com, for my patrons. So if you go over there sometime in the next few days, you are going to be able to hear in its entirety unedited except for uh, the song that they sent me to include in the episode. Uh, I added that in in the appropriate spot, which was a nightmare unto itself. Uh, but unedited, you will have the entire Round Ear Spock interview, including members of the band walking out, uh, sometimes for good, uh, strange music samples, just... It's chaos, and there is some hilarious stuff in there. The conversation that does happen, uh, there, there's information about the band, but there's also nonsense, but there's also great humor. It's just, it's not fit for standard airing, but it's great as bonus, like, exclusive material. I, I think 
those of you that subscribe will really enjoy hearing it. it it's it's like nothing else you're ever going to hear. And, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm proud to have done it as frustrating as it was. And, and I hope that at some point I get to do something that different and challenging again. Uh, so speaking of challenging, uh, today I have a two-plus-hour episode for you because it is our annual rundown of Mattel's Masters of the Universe Classics line. Only this year, or I guess last year, it was not the Classics line. It was Club Grayskull and uh, Collector's Choice. It was the this time, you know, last year, or for 2015, we said, well, this is it. This is the end of the line. Uh, and then in 2000, that in the show, because, of course, my guest is Mr. Bo Brown. Uh, and, and the very first episode, Standard Carrier, and you guys will be able to listen to it as a regular part of the show. Uh, I will, before we get into it, and, and I want to go ahead and get into it, because, you know, we've got plenty to talk about. Uh, before we get into it, uh, I will encourage you to go to needlessthingssite.com, click on that big old Amazon block, and buy stuff through Amazon through that link. You don't have to buy what shows up in that big old square, but do click on that square and go through there to do your Amazon shopping at least once. Not all, you don't have to do it all the time. I understand there are probably other podcasts that you listen to that you would like to support. And, and uh, you know, that's understandable. But just, you know, once a month, once every couple of months, when you think about it, uh, after you listen to the show, oh, uh, let me go to needlessthingsite.com and do my Amazon shopping through their link and help out Phantom because he gets a little kickback every time I buy something through there. So I will thank you for that. And without further ado, we will move on to me and Mr. Bo Brown reviewing the 2016 releases from Mattel for Masters of the Universe, their final year. Sound okay? Yeah, you sound great. Do I sound okay over here? Because no, this you... is probably where I'm going to be. Uh, you sound less okay, but still mostly okay. All right. How's that? Is that better? Yeah, that's good. That's good. All right, because I've got I've got all the new figures laid out in front of me, so I can pick them up and be looking at them while I'm talking about them. Okay. All right. It's a little later than usual, but it is time for our annual look at the previous year's lineup of Masters of the Universe Classics which we didn't know at the time if there would be another year or what was going to happen or what kind of figures there would be. And even last year had a whole lot of question marks. And there's nobody better to cross out those He-Man question marks than my lovely co-host, Mr. Bo Brown. How are you doing tonight? I'm good. It feels good to be back. Thank you, Phantom. It feels good to have you here knowing that you're looking at a big pile of He-Man figures, none of which I have. Well... Not as big of a pile as as it has been in, in previous uh, iterations of this particular podcast. Which may this, be a relief to our listeners. It, it's a relief to my wallet, uh, <laughs> but, but but not a relief to my soul. I understand. Uh, Actually, you know was, what? I, I lied. The, the lowest 
year for for releases. I do I do have one of these figures, but we'll get to that. Okay. So what what we want to do is sort of break it up into the different categories that came out last year, uh, which means we're going to talk first about Club Grayskull, which is what? Well, Club Grayskull is effectively Club Filmation, and honestly, that's what it should be called. The idea is that all the characters are intended to look as they did in the Filmation series. And for the most part, well, let's let's go ahead and hit it. Who was the first one? Uh, well, first we started off, appropriately enough, with He-Man, the man himself, um, which they called He-Man 2.0, which... Was stupid. Was stupid. They should have just called him Filmation He-Man. Um, the only thing that was 2.0 about him was that they gave him the much-needed wrist uh, articulation so that it enables him to hold the power sword at an angle over his head that, you know, is straight up. Uh, as He Man does every as time. As He Man does, and it does an admirable job. They got they got the so so the Club Grayskull is a is a stripped down. There's way less um, there's way less detail because they're going from the filmation uh, style. They're going directly from the stills uh, and the cells from the filmation cartoon. So things are stripped down. So like for example on. All your regular He-Man figures, there's all that like strapping around the boots, and on your uh, Club Grayskull He-Man, uh, that's much more streamlined. It, it, the strapping isn't there. The colors are a lot more vibrant on these on these figures. They're much bolder, brighter colors to match the TV show. Um, and I thought they did an admirable job with He-Man. He has that sort of He-Man tan. From the filmation show, where he like the power of Grayskull gives Prince Adam a tan. Um, he comes with a with a great sword. Uh, no no other paint apps on the sword, but it looks like the filmation sword. And should one, it have had him though, because I mean the filmation sword was I mean it was just gray, what, right? right? Yeah, there wasn't any other you know, and that and that's part of this. That's part of what this you can expect from this line is less detail. Um. More articulation. There's a couple of extra points of articulation on it, specifically the wrist joint, and they've really got the rocker ankles going. Let's talk uh, about those ankles because uh-huh. I I have yet to see uh, the regular boot ankles in person, but in pictures they look hideous. Well, you know, on the shelf it, it's not so bad. Mm-hmm. Um, in person, it's a little. There's a you know, especially on these where there aren't a lot of other breaks in the line, right? Uh, visually, right? Like there's no boot, there's no bootstrapping going on. I yeah, mean, yeah. It's just straight. There's nothing so, to distract you from that exactly. massive hinge. So, but you know what? On the shelf, it doesn't bother me at all. Okay. Um, the other so he has the the forward and backward backward wrist articulation on both hands. So you can hold the power sword on both hands, and and um, actually no, on his on his on his right hand, which is the sword he traditionally holds, um, his hand that he traditionally holds a sword with, it's uh, like if you're holding your hand out, the thumb, the hand goes up and down. Right. And on the other hand, if you were to turn your hand over, and it's the palm going up and down. Right. Uh, so he's got an, that extra point of articulation on on both hands, and then the sword scabbard. Uh, he has a as a full sword, not just like a slit, 
that go uh, on the back of the of the battle harness. There's a full scabbard on the back, and it's articulated, so it can spin completely 360 degrees around. Which means that if you want the sword for whatever reason to go in one angle, if you want the the top of the sword coming off from any angle, you can you can achieve that. So that's those are the differences. Um, the harness doesn't have the little spots along the what do you call them? The doesn't have so the little got bits the iron of cross detail. In the center, red iron cross right. in the center, and then. The straps of the harness that go around on all the other figures, uh, He-Man figures, they have some, like, squares, I guess, for lack of a better term. And this is the stripped-down version of that in the habit. Um, the face, the face sculpt is great. The paint on this one is great. I think he's a fantastic-looking figure. And uh, as far as it being the first figure out of the gate for the Filmation line, I was very pleased with it. I didn't have any... I didn't have any problems with it at all. I, I can't help but notice the specificity there. The paint on this figure is great. Yes, we'll get to that. <laughs> cool. Well, I, and I will say, uh, having other than the ankles, every picture I've seen, this is a gorgeous figure. He's beautiful. Um, I have the way that I'm displaying both he and uh, Club Grayskull Skeletor is I have two of the little Mattel two shelf displays that you can hang on the wall. Right. It's got just two little figure areas. And I have laser light He-Man and Skeletor uh, on the bottom shelf of two of them next to each other, and then Club Grayskull, He-Man and Skeletor above them. Nice. Um, and for me, that just seemed like a natural thing. You know, a lot of, most people's first exposure to, to He-Man was the cartoon. So having those stripped down very clean versions of those figures on top, and then having the two final figures that were released in the vintage line, uh, who who are very very detailed, who are chock um, full of gimmicks, chock full of gimmicks and and electronics, and they light up and everything. Uh, below them was seemed like a nice full circle for me. So that is how I display them. Very good. So this was an exciting launch figure. It was. It, it got me on board. I felt very, very pleased with what I got. Uh, and then moving forward with from that, they went from He-Man, not straight into Skeletor, but uh, to, to Trapjaw. My personal it, favorite Masters per, of the Universe. Yeah, many character. people's personal favorite. Yeah. Uh, I ought to say, Club Grayskull Trapjaw is a beautiful figure. I agree. Um, you know, the, the classics Trapjaw, he's got this kind of wall-eyed look in his eye. Um, not the best trap jaw. Matter of fact, uh, the worst trap jaw head. I'll go ahead and say. Uh, no, I like it. I love the meaty. Oh no, I no, no. The, the, I like the, it, but the out of all of the trap jaw heads, the original, the the two thousand or two thousand X, this gray skull and classics. I think the classics is the worst. It's still good, but I like all of the other ones better. Well, this is this is a fantastic one. It's the 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 jaw is articulated, of course. It's all black underneath. My, on this one, my eyes are very focused uh, on the classics trap jaw. He's you know both eyes are looking in completely different directions. Um, and I but I think that I think that was part of the that figure. I don't think that was just sloppy paint. I think he was supposed to look a little wall eyed and crazy. Yeah, at the time, um, once again, that was, very stripped down, very bright colors. That was early um, in the line, and and Maddie wasn't having quite the paint problems that they would have later on. Right. 
so his arm attachments, just like on the show, are pink. He came with three arm attachments that are different from the arm attachments that came with classic strap jaw. He came uh, comes with the bla- the laser blaster, the fly swatter, <laughs> uh, and the uh, and the what do you call it? The um, it has a name uh, like the cross energy crossbow, but it's right, got a right. it's got a name. Um, it's not a bowcaster because that's Chewbacca's. That's Chewbacca. Right, uh, I, I forget what it's called, but but it's it's a cool looking. It's it's just like he used in the show. Right, um, he's got the jaw articulation. His eyes are really on point. The paint looks really good. The on on trap jaw because the way that his shin the, the shin guards come down, it does a much better job of covering up that extra ankle rocker. Yeah. Than than you had on He Man. But he's still so, got really good functionality there. Oh no, he's great. I mean, everything on him is is great. Um, the 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 his shoulder joint isn't just up and down. You've got a little bit of moving that around, so you can, um, you know, pose him where he's got it, like sort of standing at his side, looking over his shoulder. He, you know, that 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 arm joint with the gun on it doesn't yeah. just go up and down, so that's cool. Um, his belt is clean. There's no hooks for the extra attachments like on previous trap jaws. There's no skull on it. It's just stripped down green belt. And I'm okay um, with no, that because that's what it was on the show. That's it what it was on the cartoon. It didn't have a bunch of extra stuff on it. So I'm, I'm fine so with that. It's a lot of pink, you know, but that's what it was, you know, so, uh, well, I, I he love looks it. fantastic. This, and honestly, the pink looks really good with the very, very bright blue of his skin tone. Yeah. This color uh, combination is, is great. I, I think out of all of the Grayskull figures, like he stands out as an attractive toy the most. Mm-hmm. No, he's a great looking toy. Uh, I mean, I, I honestly have very little bad to say about all of the club uh, club Grayskull line. Um, they're all really great. So then, after Trapjaw, we got Skeletor. Skeletor looks just just the face, hands down, just the face on the Skeletor was worth the price of admission. I agree. It's fantastic. This is. You know, like like so many people, club. You know, the the or the, the filmation show was their first entry into this universe. They didn't grow up on the mini comics. They they grew up on the show, and this Skeletor face just it just reeks of Skeletor. That it's, weird it's, floating look. Yeah, it's dynamite. It's absolutely dynamite. the The inside of the eyes are black. The inside of the mouth is black, and on a, a lot of the other ones. The, the, the jaw on almost all of the other Skeletor faces, the jaw is closed, the yeah. teeth are closed, and there's something you know going on in the eyes, whether it's you know the red Alcala eyes or, or whatever, and just those those just black eyes looks fantastic on this figure. Those we're Skeletor going to save perfect. we're going to save money on the animation black eyes, right? Uh, you know, it's, once again, you know, you, you've got very very little. There's really no embellishment paint. Nothing, nothing really, everything is the color of the plastic. You know, there's paint on the face, but as far as like the armor pieces, the armor pieces are all just the color of the plastic. The belt, um, you know, there's, there's not a lot going on there. It's all very streamlined to look like the cartoon and it looks fantastic. I agree, man. I, I, the simplicity of these is much more appealing than I thought it would be. They really jump off the shelf. Yes. They, They visually, because they're they're so less busy, and their colors are so much um, there's so much contrast in the colors. The brights are really bright. 
mm-hmm. uh, you know, they, they look great. And in fact, this Skeletor's skin, skin tone is the lightest of all the Skeletors we've had. Which have changed, actually, in, in all the various Skeletors we've gotten over the years of classics, the skin tone is, is varied, and this is definitely the lightest of all of them. The Havoc staff, uh, looks just like the cartoon. It's not a, you know, it's not a repaint of the old Havoc staff. Uh, it looks, it looks exactly like the one from the cartoon. Um, and, uh, the ankle rockers on him look, you know, just like the ones on He-Man. He's, he doesn't have the exact same boots, but they're, they're, they're different at the top, but not at, not at the ankles. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, it's the same thing. When you look at it on the shelf, you don't really notice it. Um, so, uh, he looks great. And I think he came, I want to say he came with the Diamond Ray of Disappearance, but... No, that was uh, Lizard Man. That was another Man. one, yeah. Lizard Man came with that. Uh, Lizard Man came with that one, right. Uh, so, yeah, he just came with the Havoc Staff, uh, and he looks fantastic. Nothing bad to say about that Skeletor at all. After Skeletor, we moved on to Beast Man, and talk about Bright. I mean, the orange body on this Beast Man is... I mean, it's like neon orange. It really is. Uh... He looks just like Beastman from the cartoon, which is really hard to do. I mean, that's one of the things that really challenged this line was that, and we'll get and we'll get to the the you know the one that's the biggest culprit of this later. But those animation cells, when you look at different views of like especially faces, <laughs> yeah, there is no consistency. Yeah, you know, it, so they really had to to try to nail it in a way that didn't make some fan go, well, that doesn't look like Beastman. Because they're going to have that one particular angle in their mind that's their version of, of that character. Uh, and Beastman does an admirable job. His his collar, the big furry collar of his, it hugs his body very closely. Uh, I will say that it looks like his hands are painted. They're not cast in the same color plastic as the rest of his body, uh. which is strange. Um, I'm not sure why they did that, but it kind of throws you off when you're looking at them. The hands are a slightly different color and a slightly different gloss than his body because it's because they're painted and it's not just the plastic, right? Like his torso and arms and legs are. Um, and then the rocker joint on his ankles are seem to be like a darker red than the rest of his boots. But other than that, the blue, like the blue, pops really great against the orange of his body. Uh, his face sculpt is fantastic. All the paint on here looks really good. I, he came with a whip. That was it. Um, but, you know, that's what that's all Beastman needs. Sure. So I was very pleased with that. After Beastman, we got to the ex, the club exclusive, which was Evil Seed. So this is not a character that... Well, I mean, we got an Evil Seed. We got a 2000X Evil Seed uh, in, in Classics. But the two different designs for Evil Seed between the Filmation show and the 2000X show varied just about it. I mean, more, honestly, more different than any other character design. Well, there was no way. I mean, for, for years, you know, people had been speculating because the classics meth, uh, classics method was to sort of take the best qualities of the different eras and put them into one figure, but there was no way to do that here. Yeah. There was no middle ground with, with, with evil seed. Uh, so they, they went with filmation. They just went, you know, in on filmation with, with, uh, classics and, and this is a great, this is one of the great things about Club Grayskull is you get to get these figures that didn't have, uh, 
their filmation version represented in, in classics. Um, you know, he's, he's an unusual figure. He has a big giant cloak that doesn't come off. He's got a giant artichoke head. Um, there's very little, in fact, I, I will say he's a hundred percent new to one. His uh, you know, hands are new. Of- the body's new. He doesn't even, his legs are just vines. They're not, I mean, there's like, you know, even though you can't even see his thighs, they didn't even use, I say, I, I think maybe that the, the hips, and the crotch piece are are reuse, but every other piece of this figure is completely original. Well, speaking of the tooling, I mean, uh, just in a general sense, when they first were talking about this subline, did you ever imagine there would be as much new tooling as there ended up being? I think there's as much new tooling. I think there's new tooling where it where it's required. Um, obviously, a lot of characters fit the, fit the standard classics buck. He-Man, Skeletor does. You know, Trapjaw does. Uh, Beastman certainly but, does. But, I mean, the loincloths. And the, they could have faked out they did. the loincloths. Yeah, you're right. They, they could have faked out the belts. Way less detail on them. There's, off, so off much, there's so much that they could have gotten away with just giving it a simpler paint job and sticking it on the figure and calling it done. And I feel like they really outdid themselves... With uh, with with these new pieces, man. Uh, I, I, I think that's absolutely true. Um, you know, and and especially to have somebody like the exclusive. You know, they didn't phone in the exclusive, right? Yeah. You know, like this is this was the most expensive of all of the Club Grayskull figures to tool, and they gave it to you as the exclusive. You know, although I I, I will say I think for the most part. They're the the exclusives of the classics line and whatever. They they generally did a solid job with those. Like I, I feel like they rarely phoned it in with. Well, those. I mean, it, there's a great deal of variety across all the exclusives. You know, yes. sometimes sometimes the exclusives were something like Shadow Weaver. You know, where you where it was you know almost a hundred pretty much a hundred percent new tooling. Um, but then there were other exclusives that were not as exclusive. <laughs> like, you know? uh, that three pack thing. Right. You know, that, that was a lot of reuse of. of well, products. that was a Comic Con exclusive, though. That wasn't a club exclusive. So that was a little sure. different. Sure. But anyway, on, on with Evil Seed. So, so Evil Seed comes looking, with two accessories. He looks comes like an with onion a Jedi. viney sort of hand, you know, sort of makes it look like there's vines shooting out of his hand to come get you. Uh, and they look really cool. They're very rubbery. And then he comes with a second one that is a big like thing of vines that you can put over the torso of another figure to look like he's wrapped somebody up. Um, while very fun for play, unless you're really working on your evil seed diorama, <laughs> um, which you know <laughs> somebody is a little unlikely. No, um, somebody is. Well, it's fun for play, but but as far as display options, it doesn't. It's not really practical, but it does look really cool when you put it on one of the one of the other characters. So I was very happy to get Evil Seed. You know, definitely, I'm always happy to get a character that doesn't that isn't like the same muscle bound He Man character, something that's really different. And that, you know, and as far as they they nailed it. I mean, the paint on him looks great. Everything on him, uh, you know, it's big old artichoke kid Evil Seed. I, I'm want. still bummed we never got a 2000 X Adam. Just speaking of, of I I agree, characters. and I think that I think that we will someday. 
Uh, well, now now that we know that the line is going to keep going, I think we'll I think we'll get that 2000X Adam at some point. We'll discuss that um, a little bit at the end because I do want to talk about the the future of Super Seven. But sure let's thing. move on. Moving on to, to another the, evil. The, another yes, and one of yeah, it's been pretty much evil uh, since <laughs> since He Man, uh, and that brings us to Evil Lynn. And Evil Lynn is the figure I'm talking about when I'm talking about oh, the paint on this one's really nice. <laughs> uh, I uh, I was really I, I was disappointed. I was really disappointed in my Evelyn um, for a variety of reasons. Um, now she's the first female figure we've received in in Club Filmation or in Club Grayskull. She does have the extra articulation in the wrists, which is great for the spellcasting hand. Yes, um, but her paint is super sloppy. I am. There's a lot that left me feeling pretty disappointed on her. Um, there's sloppy paint on her body that's the color of you know her gauntlets. There's parts of her bracers and gauntlets that aren't painted. Her face paint is sloppy. Her eyebrows are sloppy. She's got like smudges on her cheeks. Um, and then her, her sort of crown, the crest on the top of her head is all bent funny. When you look down on it from the top, like one side of it's all bent in. Ugh. And then the kicker, the real kicker for me, is that there was a very, very thin place in her black cape. And I unfortunately poked at it. And there is a hole. There is literally a, a place in her cape that is so thin that there is a hole there. Um, oh my gosh. Yeah, I'm, I'm really not okay with that. Um if you put her on the shelf and you're standing far away, she looks right. Um, but when I but when you get her up close, and unlike the other figures, up close they're they're on point. The paint is tight. Everything looks great. She is the only one um, of these figures that in this line where I was really disappointed in the quality. Um, well, and this she came out. Wasn't it right on the cusp of everything really falling apart? Like. Maddie was on their second or third post Nightlick brand manager. Like it was yeah. like we were really starting October, to, yeah. We were really starting to see the cracks at this point. Yeah. Um which is it's a real shame that this figure had to be the one to suffer because you know, this is a beautiful evil end. The the tooling on it is great. She I mean, if if her paint was just cleaned up, she would look dynamite. Um uh, and I and I, it was a real it was a real disappointment and I and I'm rarely disappointed with with my He-Man figures and for it to be somebody as iconic as Evelyn, our first female uh, Grace Club Grayskull figure, I was I was pretty bummed about it. Um, she does come with a couple of accessories. She comes with a cordite crystal, which is very cool, straight up from the episode, and she can hold it in her spellcasting hand, and it looks very cool. The cor- the crystal is translucent. Um, and looks very, very cool. Shalkus also comes with an alternative head. Uh, that's the white-haired, non-helmeted head of Evelyn. Now, did we and ever she- see that in Filmation? I don't. I don't recall. I would have to go back to my to my Filmation Bible and 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 see if that's the case. I know that you definitely see it in 2000X. Right. I feel like I remember having my mind blown in 2000X. Now, granted, I you know. I didn't recall all the filmation episodes. I, I may not have even seen all the filmation episodes, but I, I feel like well, season one's back on Netflix. I, I know, um, 
I, but I feel like that was a big deal in 2000X. Like, that was yeah. something people talked about. Um, unfortunately, the paint is sloppy on my second head. Her her lipstick's all down the front of her face. Um, she, it's Ugh. not just the straight-up same sculpt on the face. She has a more of like a... Like a... Like a... Uh, like a, she's got a smirk on her face, whereas her her the head that she comes with is more all business. Um, mm. At least the eyebrows on my second head are on point, and the ones on oh man, I, you know I'm just gonna have to put this down. I'm gonna put it down. I understand because but, I I have actually read a number because I I followed even though I wasn't still collecting these I followed along, and every review I read of this evil Lynn the paint on the face was entirely different. The eyebrows were in different places in every one. The eyes were yeah. different stages of derpy in every one. I mean, it was yeah. it was shameful. It's too bad. It, it really is. So um, does it get better? It does. It does get better because then the last figure of the Filmation series that we've gotten so far is Clawful. And this is another figure who, who varies visually great not not as great as as evil seed but varies a great deal uh specifically because evil seed never received a vintage figure well to the point where clawful the filmation clawful wouldn't necessarily be recognizable to somebody who only knew the toys right he looks he looks like a dragon guy with claws (laughs) right and not like a crab (laughs) for sure um and that's that. That's what he is. Now, I think I believe you're looking at the it's all true dot net release um, pictures here as as I am. Yeah, I think he's that's much what he darker. Says. Oh, really? He's much darker. He, he's he in, in you know in those pictures he looks almost pink, um, which I like. Tone, he is not. And there's actually on him. So is he? What is he like? Red or more of a, this, if, but, Is he red or more of like has a, a little bit of a. They're shading. He's the only one of the filmation characters Ooh, why? that has any amount of, of of shading on the body. So there's these kind of darker tones over a couple of the muscles on his thighs and his shoulders and fore and upper arms. I feel like that's a bad call. Does it does it make him seem odd next to the others? No, I would say not because because he's still so otherwise he's still so clean. Um, you know his his uh, his armor is all one color except for the blue st- stone on the chest. Um, everything everything else is, but he's definitely not as bright as the others. He's certainly not as bright as Beastman. See, I almost wish he for. I almost wish he was that pink because looking at this picture, I think it looks really good. But bottom line on the shading, would you prefer it if he didn't have it? No, I'm very pleased with. Oh, that. okay, I think okay, it looks fantastic, okay. Um, and this character is definitely the one where they had the hardest time getting the face sculpt because of the different angles of the animation cells right. on the filmation cartoon. And it he looks fantastic. Well, I would imagine it's hard to reconcile with his very oddly shaped head. Yes. It's probably hard to reconcile a side view with the front view. You know, animators Good. don't have to worry about how, how those proportions line up. Yeah. Uh, I've got a little bit of sloppy paint on his wrist, on one arms, but on arm. But other than that, everything about him uh, is really, really good. And you know, and, and I think maybe that's what it was. Maybe Evelyn had more paint on her than than some of the other figures, um, and that's you know that was the problem. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, but that's still but, no uh, excuse. 
No, it's no excuse. The only thing I don't like about Clawful is that he came with a club, and you, I could not get that club into his hand. Uh. The claw. There's one claw is is very tight, and you can definitely not get anything in there. The other one is more open, which makes you think, "Oh, this is the one I'm supposed to put this club in." Could not get that club in there to save my life. But you know what? I don't. I don't know that I remember him even using tools in the cartoon. I feel like he just stood around clicking his claws. No, yeah, that's what he did, and they and they they, gave, they only gave him. I think, I mean, they gave him the accessory uh, to to have him at least have something, right? Um, and then he got a bonus accessory. Uh oh, which is the evil horn of evil from uh, the horn of evil episode where <laughs> where Orko and Driel have to sing a, a beautiful song to counteract the effects of the horn of evil. And the that horn of evil sounds, looks bad. That it's, sounds it's, horrible. Uh, the song. Go ahead and listen. To go watch that episode, listen to that song, and then see about getting it out of your head. Go ahead. Oh gosh, no, no, thank you. But the Horn of Evil is awesome. It's super evil. It's a big skull with a gigantic mouth on it, um, and uh, it's a, it's a it's one of those great little artifacts that the horsemen throw in uh, to different figures. And seeing how Clawful didn't have any accessories other than, well, I guess we'll give him the club that the vintage Clawful came with. Right. Um, although it is a completely unique club. It's not just a... Oh, really? Yeah, it's not just a repaint. It is a brand new club. Oh. Um, so I I, I want to say I gave it to Cobra, to CamoCon. That would or make man, sense. Well, CamoCon's no, get... also got a green club that's very similar. Yes. Uh, but I would say that, that I am of... I am most pleased with Clawful as far as them... You know, you could you could put this clawful and the other clawful on the shelf next to each other, and they look like different characters. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, they they it, he he looks really good. He looks really tight. Everything about him is proportioned really well. Um, I'm I'm very very pleased with how he looks. He he was one of my favorites. That after I got him out of the box, I I kind of just kept coming back to him. Uh, I really really like him. Yeah. If he fit in better. Looks wise with the classics, I would actually consider getting him because he does have such a different look. Like he he could actually be a separate character uh, as yeah. opposed to just a variant. So because the first wave of Club Grayskull was, I mean, other than He Man, completely dominated by villains, right? Uh, I feel pretty confident that the next wave will bring the good guys. So you think that Super Seven? will continue on with the the filmation style. Well, I guess they technically already have. Well, they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, no, there's yeah. confirmation on that. Yeah, you're right. There is confirmation. And we'll we'll get into that towards the end of the show, but you're right. I, but I but I will say that you're that we are guaranteed a Tila. We you know well, yeah. there there will be <laughs> there will be a Club Grey Skull Tila. Yeah. Yeah. Um hands down that is that is easily the that's a no brainer. Because the one that um, came with the uh the the talent fighter for sure wasn't it no and we still we have never gotten that now i sincerely hope that the paint problems that affected poor Evelyn over here uh do not go forward with um with tila uh and and there's something about that filmation tila that they have just you know in spite of us having several tilas in classics they have dropped the ball um and we've never we've gotten close uh, but it's never it's never been there. So well, yeah, we still don't even have. I mean, unless you count Battlefield Tila, 
We still don't have a good Tila figure. Well, the original Tila is extremely expensive and was, you know, came out at the very beginning of the line. But so. even that one has wonky, like, head-neck problems. Yes. Well, that, uh, now you're getting you're getting Ultimate Tila. So, and we'll talk about the Ultimates. We, we, we do need to talk about the Ultimates. Yeah, uh, we will. So we're getting an Ultimate Tila, and hopefully that will... But but it's still that's still not Filmation Tila. Right. She's still Toy Tila with a bunch of extra heads. Um so and 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 that was definitely a response to say, you know, well we'll we'll get to ultimates later because that's a whole conversation. Yeah. So so that's club uh, that's that's club Grayskull. Uh, I'm so, very very pleased with all of it so far. The figures look really good on the shelf together. They they are not so out of place that if you put them up next to your regular classics figures, they look out of place. Uh, they don't, but they definitely uh, look really good on the shelf together. And I think that for people who maybe didn't get on board with classics at, at the beginning and whose major sort of into the He-Man universe is the Filmation show, these are the figures for you. They're beautiful. They're really streamlined. They're, they're great. They look great together. They look great on the shelf. They pop against um, other more detailed, busy figures. And I'm very, very pleased with it, and I'm looking forward to getting more. I'll say this about... Uh, the Club Grayskull, or the, the Filmation-style figures. It's stupid to call it Cl- uh, Club Grayskull. Uh, if if they were cheaper, and if I knew, if I had a better idea of the future of them, I would be very, very tempted by them. Because well, you're right, they do look great as a collection. They have a wonderful aesthetic. Uh, and, and it, Well, and if I had the space for them. If I had the space to put them on a separate shelf, I would. I don't have that space. Right. Uh, before I would, I would say that you can definitely look to get Tila. Um, I would say that you'll probably get a Man at Arms. Um, I, I, that would not surprise me at all. Uh, not that we need another Man at Arms because we've got a million of them, but a very clean um, filmation colors Man at Arms would not surprise me at all because I, I expect to see more good guys. Um, other than that, uh, I don't know. Other than that, it's that's. I'm not sure where they're going to go. Um, well, we we know one instance of where they're where they're going to go, but we'll get to that later. Before we rewind back to the beginning of the year uh, to take a look at Collector's Choice, we are going to break for a brief word from one of our sponsors, and we'll be right back to talk about sort of the main classics line. Hey, Phantom Maniacs, this is the Rad Ranger. And this is Ryan Cadaver. And we're from Rad Ranger's Radical Radcast. With Ryan. Tune in every two weeks and hear a couple of jabronis talking about what's going on in the local Atlanta scene. What kind of stuff will we talk about, Ryan? Well, we like to talk about rad people doing rad stuff, Sean. We like to talk about horror. We like to talk about movies. We like to talk about art. We like to talk about music and pretty much anything cool going on locally or, you know, anywhere. Yeah, mostly we just talk about whatever we think is rad. And we hope that you think it's rad, too. So tune in every two weeks. Go to theradranger.com, search in iTunes and Stitcher for Rad Rangers Radical Radcast, or just search for Rad Ranger. That is the Rad Rangers Radical Radcast. With Ryan. Rad Rangers Radical Radcast. Rad Rangers Radical Radcast. Rad Rangers Radical Radcast. Rad Rangers Radical Radcast. 
All right, so actually, before we get to the collector's choice stuff, uh, we have to discuss uh, almost an aberration in the midst of the classics line because it was something that was really cool for Mattel to do and, and honestly really unexpected. Uh, they did some exclusives just for, well, in theory, just for PowerCon attendees, uh, though I, I was able to order them uh, and and get them to you even though neither one of us went to PowerCon. Which I am internally eternally indebted to you. Yeah, for. well and you've got to be right. I'm, in, I'm internally indebted. Internally, I understand that. Um yeah. and, and well and you've got to be relieved that it was done that way because surely it would be eating away at your soul if they had literally only been for attendees. Or and, eating and away at I your will wallet. Say that, that Val, you know, the guy who runs Heman.org is the guy who runs PowerCon, and he is definitely of the opinion that, you know, it, that exclusives. I mean, the the PowerCon exclusives that they had last year are the exactly what what he wants out of an exclusive. That it's that it's not like an original character. Mm-hmm. That it's a repaint. Um, you know, that it's not like oh, but I want everybody, and if you make this unique character and exclusive and make it really hard to get, then that means that you can't complete your collection. Right. Whereas if it's just a repaint, um, and, and specifically with the, the three, uh, PowerCon exclusives, they were repaints for a very, very specific reason that really resonates with the, the He-Man super fan. Right. Um, that they were all three variants of, for, for different reasons. Um, and I honestly, I am out of the box. I am much more pleased with them um, and happy to have them than I originally thought I was going to be. Originally, I was like, well, there's three you know, exclusives, not even just one. Um, those that would be three figures that I don't have. Uh, and and one of the exclusives is still uh, one of the only figures I don't have now, which is the color-changing Orco that was the San Diego exclusive. That's one of the very few holes oh, in my collection. I completely you forgot that, about that. I filled my Faker Battle Armor Faker hole. Uh, I will fill your holes anytime you're in need, my friend. Internally? Internally. Thank you. All right, so <laughs> Granamir and Beastman, those are both from those are both the mini comic versions, right? Correct. Granamir, so 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 Granamir is the well, let's start with Beastman because his story is a little simpler. Well, and so, also because he he is out of the 3, the one that I was really really close to ordering one for myself. Oh, uh, he's great. He looks really good. Um so so the the PowerCon exclusive Beastman is Red Beastman, which is designed to be more like his first appearance in the mini comics, where he was just totally red. Um, he got much oranger as the figure and the the mini comics evolved, and as the show happened. But he is this figure is a hundred percent blood red, <laughs> other than the golden medallion on his chest. And a and like a little bit of a like a black wash uh, over him, uh, and like a darker wash to to sink into the hair and the crevices and stuff. Mm-hmm. This thing, this is a blood red beast man, and he looks really really cool. He he really does. Um, and they've they've sort of said, and and one of the things that's different about the um, and this is and this is. 
pretty touching, I thought. Um, they wrote new bios for all of the variants and worked them into the, the bios of, of everything. Okay. Um, and one of the things about the Beastman is they, they said that sort of young, Beastman was – this is like young Beastman. When he first sort of teamed up with Keldor, you know, as he turned into Skeletor – uh, and then over the years, his color, like he's just gotten older, and and oh, gray, wow. sort of like when when beastmen, because there is a race of beastmen in on Eternia. I had to explain that, that to somebody the other day. Yeah, that, yeah, that these characters, really cool. that most of them were not singular. That like beastman and Stratos and the Snake Men all come from whole races of right. of these car- creatures. Yeah, uh, and so so he, I mean, on the shelf, just in the hand, like. This character is freaking cool looking. Uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm I'm very thankful that you got me one, but I'm sorry that you didn't because he, <laughs> he really does look look cool. The only thing that's kind of weird about him is that his whip is the exact same color as his body, and that's a little disorienting. <laughs> like that, it should have just been black, or right, like the original right. one. Um, I, well, I think we, that having it have... be the exact same color of his body is kind of weird. Don't we have a um, weapons pack whip somewhere? Yeah, I have a black whip, so I, yeah. I should actually switch that out for the black whip, but. Um, so then, the other uh, the other variant then was Granamir, and Granamir, at the very very first, uh, the, the the year that the classics started, they were they started doing these polls, uh, and they would do the polls at San Diego, and the very first one, the the, the one San Diego that I was there for, the year that I got my oh my that's King right, Grayskull. that's right. The year that I got my King Grayskull at San Diego, um, they did the poll for the Granomere figures, and the poll was, do you want green Granomere or red Granomere? Green Granomere was the way he was portrayed in the comic, in the mini-comics, and red Granomere was the way he was portrayed on the Filmation show. Can we just say Greenomere? Greenomere, yes. Uh, and, and red won out. So what, what, I, what, I, what I think is really, really great about these PowerCon exclusives, and it, you know, it kills me that PowerCon is like the weekend after DragonCon. Yeah. It, it kills me, because this is the, like the one fan convention that I would go to, and I just can't. You know, I, I just physically cannot yeah. go out of town to California the weekend after DragonCon. That is just not in the cards for me, and <laughs> and it's, it's really disappointing, because this is the one convention and the one fandom that I would really want to go and be a part of and see it. Um, and it's, and it's, and it's really, it, that that's tough for me because this is my fandom and, and I don't get, you know, it's, I don't get my, I don't really get to scratch my He-Man itch at, at DragonCon or, you know, or any other convention uh, so much, but green Granamere is, is really cool. I've actually got them out on my mantle in the, in my basement. So we have a fireplace in the basement and there's this beautiful mantle and I have them both, Posed, my red Granomir and my green Granomir posed in mirror poses, mm-hmm. and they're my, my favorite. What I love about Granomir is that he's you know he, he's designed to be sitting. Yes, and you can pose him in such a way on a on a shelf where one of his legs is draped over the shelf and one is sort of up. And I uh, and I put the the hand his hand on that up knee, and the other hand sort of and and so I've got them mirrored each other. So I've got one on either end of the mantle. And they look like, like they're like bookends, just hanging, total, totally, hanging, just totally hanging. cash. Just the wisest, the most powerful, you know, uh, of all Eternian dragons. 
Um, but he looks really good. The paint on him, especially, is is beautiful. The washes and on all that stuff. The the I almost want to say that the the paint job is a little better on the green one than although the hat the hat doesn't his little he has this weird sort of like horned helmet that sits better on the red one's head than the green one. Well, I'm but sitting here looking. really special. I'm looking at pictures of the green one, and I gotta say. If I if I could trade my red one for a green one right now, I probably would. I really like this green one. I I love having both. Uh, I, I I honestly I don't think I could pick between the two. Um, but there's definitely something about you know the red one has a purple belly against the red body, mm-hmm. and the green one has just a lighter green belly on the darker green body that looks really natural and really cool. Yeah. Um, and I love that he's just like a big fat dragon. <laughs> Like he's not like a like a you know he's just sitting. He's not like a dragon that's like you know on all four legs ready to you know. He's just like a fat dragon just well, like hanging out. He's very like the the artwork that you would see like Ralph Bakshi type mm, like yeah. Lord of the Rings Hobbit type dragon. Not Smog necessarily, but like just that no. He's not like Smog style. at all. He's, just that style just... of animation though. Like I could see him hanging around in one of those old Bakshi fantasy cartoons. So what I was going to say is something very special about uh, the Green Granomir is that I I listened to the Roast Goobal He-Man podcast, which is uh, the the podcast made by the made by Val Staples who runs He-Man.org and And has terrible taste in podcast names. uh, Well, you know, I I get it, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, he runs this convention that, that is a huge, you know, and anyone who's ever done anything, any serious heavy lifting on a convention, um, and especially running your own convention, is just an insane amount of work. And one of the other main contributors to that podcast is a woman named Danielle Galerte. And she's been part of the podcast since the very beginning and has been part of the He-Man fan community you know, back since it was like an email list back in the day. And her husband was a guy named Magoo. And he passed away uh, because of cancer a couple of years ago. Sort of right before um, these exclusives came out. Or not right before, but but leading up to it. And so on the, the Granamir, the green Granamir bio, it talks about the, the mystic gem of Magoo. Oh, and wow. The, the fact that you know they that that they took this opportunity to immortalize Danielle's husband I thought was really special and great and you know that that it was by fans that here we here we are getting He-Man toys you know that were that only happened because of fans and to do a tribute like that I thought was was really special for Danielle and for the entire community that, you know, that knew Danielle's story and, and all that. And I, I just, I thought that was definitely worth mentioning. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. Um, so, so then you've got Camo Khan. Yes. What now, the fuck is Camo Khan? very different from, uh, Green Granamir and Red Beastman because he is not just a, a, you know, like in the mini comics variant. Is he, there were, is he German? No, it was Brazilian. Oh, Brazil. Okay. So there were Camocon figures. They're extremely rare. Um, and once again, this is what I love about the PowerCon exclusives is that they're, they're only things that you know about if you are a, a real He-Man fan. Mm-hmm. 
So CamoCon was like a weird kind of like bootleg ex- bootleg version of of CamoCon that was only released in Brazil. That's got um, he's basically Cobra Con, but with a darker green paint scheme and like black camo uh, elements on 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 the dark green, and then he's got metallic gold buzz off claws. Which which are horrifying and scary to me for 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 whatever reason, um, <laughs> and then these like crazy gold feet, and they in the bio I think I think they explain it in the bio that like CamoCon got hold of some magical item that gave him these like power claws or whatever, um, <laughs> you know uh, as one does as one does because um, you know you know what you know what a snake needs is claws yeah. Sure. Crab claws. Sure. That's that's what I think of when I think snake men. So I just thought it was great that they took this, you know, like weird Brazilian variant snake men character. Because um, the snake men came out towards the end of the end of the run of, of Vintage Masters. And uh, so he looks great, though. He really does. Um, I was like, okay, you know, I'll, like, like, like I said, with all these figures, I was like, eh, I want them because they're the exclusives and I'll, 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 I'll kick myself if I don't have them. But then out of the box, he's a really cool-looking figure. Um, you wouldn't think that, like, gold and camo would look really awesome together, but he, but it really does. Um, Clearly, you're came, not familiar with Master P. Well, you, this is true. <laughs> um, so so he, came, he comes with the, the club, but I switched his club out um, for another one because it had a better paint scheme on it. So, But it's, it's like that, that, that a clawful club. That green club. Yeah, I've I've done a lot of that. I've plenty of my classics figures have at least like one alternate thing from a weapons pack or from some other figure. As a matter of fact, my uh, my uh, King Hiss has a sword from Rajal Ghoul. So, all right. (laughs) Uh, I've actually been really active with my collection lately. I'm I'm really starting to put some time into getting things up on display in the new house and. Today, Gene took. Uh, well, today Gene was Gene was gone, and uh, my youngest son went to, took a nap, and I asked um, Little B if he wanted to come down and help me with my figures. And basically, like I was, I'm doing accessories. Like I kind of have everybody up on the shelf, kind of where I want them, but all the accessories are still in storage. Oh wow! So I'm going through all the accessories and deciding which ones I want to actually put up on the shelf on the characters. And it was really fun to be able to like, give me that, hey, little bee, Gil, give me that that little uh, that shield that's got the snakes. I want all the shields that have the snakes on them. Yeah, yeah. And he was and he was going through all the shields and he brought them all and he, you know it was it was really fun father son time uh, with uh, with the figure. So that was really cool. Well, having covered uh, PowerCon and, that's PowerCon, and it, so it, it was. I mean, they they were. Perfect for exclusives. Like, that is exactly the sweet spot you want to hit. Things that are very cool, but not really necessities to a full exactly. collection. Exactly. And I think we're going to see more of that, because they're about to announce the PowerCon... Ex- within the next two, three weeks, we're going to get the PowerCon exclusives revealed for next PowerCon. Oh, um, interesting. And I expect that you will see something very similar in that regard. My predictions oh. are uh, that we will get... Original mini comics trap jaw. Oh man, who had very different colors. Yeah, um, 
that's my only like I'm I'm ninety nine percent sure that's the that's at least going to be one of them, and I kind of feel like there's going to be more than three. From so the is is the uh, the mini comics trap jaw? Is that the one that was the paint variant in the two thousand X line with the green skin? Yeah, he's got very light green skin. Yeah, okay, okay. I've, yeah. I've got the 2000X one, and I'll... I don't think to, I have that one. I'll have to track that one down if they do a new one. All right, so time to uh, go back in time yeah, in January. We'll, we'll, be, we'll, be, we'll be getting those those new PowerCon exclusive reveals very soon. They did a teaser. They did a teaser image that's like a bunch of, like, zoomed-in images of different oh, okay, parts of okay. Um, and you can see that. But, yes, moving on to the actual... What's left, I guess, of uh, of classics, which is collector's choice, which is really weird because I mean, yes, some of these I think there was big demand for, but it was collector's choice really an appropriate name for the line? It is, yeah, it, is, it absolutely is because these figures, um, you know, Heman.org did these polls for years that said, "What figures do you want to see? What figures do you want to see? What figures do you want to see?" These giant polls that included. Every character from every iteration of He-Man, all the mini-comics, the Lady Bird books, the Golden books, all Filmation, everything. And there is a very, very, very clear correlation between what showed up in those polls at the top and what we get. Really? So people were scrambling for Darius. Well, when you're looking at which figures... It's it's not so much that Darius was a really high demanded figure, but when you look at the new adventures figures that were demanded. Oh, uh, okay. And so, if you're yeah, trying yeah. to represent the different factions, which is exactly what the reveals which we'll get to do. Yeah, I would just a very, very wide representation of factions. Yes, Darius was at the top of that list. Okay, you've sold me on the name collector's choice. Let's talk about our January figure. Boom. So we started out Collector's Choice with Lord Mask, who is a Filmation figure. So we'd already had Shakoti, And uh, in that Filmation episode, uh, Lord Mask is Shakoti's henchman. It's a two-part episode. Uh, I think He-Man, Ram-Man, and I forget, maybe probably Orko, are dealing with uh, this Lord Mask guy, only to find out in part two that it's actually this evil witch Shakoti who's behind everything. So Lord Mask is a very solid figure. Um, he's he's honestly very filmation or Club Grayskull in many ways. Very simple color scheme, not a lot of shading. Really cool face. Um, well, and Shikoti is the same way because I, I'm looking at my shelves right now, and she stands out. Yes, and it's that same. You know, they made her look like filmation, and and you yeah. honestly you could you can consider. Shikoti and a lot of these, and, and you know, we'll get to Voltac here in a minute, you know, but but a lot of those classics characters that represented Filmation will will fit in very well with the Filmation line. Well, Lizard Man for sure. Lizard Man for sure, exactly. Another great example, yeah. So, um, so because Lord Nice didn't have any accessories in the episode on his own, they packed in um, two accessories for him. Which was a laser sword and a laser shield, which seems very strange for him. <laughs> and this is, but this is a really great thing that that I'm sure was part of the Four Horsemen, and I'm sure the Four Horsemen had had a great deal to do with it, in the sense that, all right, here's a guy who who did not from the source material had no accessories, 
You know, Lord Mass didn't use any weapons in the episode. So what can we stick in this? How do we how do we put something cool in with this figure um, that's, you know, part of the budget for a regular figure? A regular figure has got budget allotted for, for accessories, right? Right, right? And so there is a... There, the two the two accessories that it comes with are a sword and a shield that go to um, uh, I think was it Thunder Punch yeah Thunder Punch He Man from New Adventures so it's a separate laser sword and a separate uh, laser shield that has a weird H and an, it's 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 like a it's like an H and an M but but one letter. So these are these are different from the ones that came with that Galactic Protector He-Man. Correct. Okay. These are not the same accessories that came with New Adventures He-Man. These are the same accessories that came with a variant of New Adventures He-Man from the Vintage line. Okay. And when I say Vintage line, I mean Vintage New Adventures He-Man. Um, so Lord Mask on his own, very solid, cool figure. Nothing paints all nice. Nothing bad to say about him. He looks great. Um, you know he that that. That two-parter episode is a very popular episode with Shikodi and Lord Mask. They were two, you know, one-off, and, th- and that's what you're going to see a lot of as we as we get deeper into Collector's Choice. You're going to see these one-off villains and one-off heroes that were only in like one episode. You know, that's what you're going to get, which is fine. If I mean, because yeah, well, so many, we're at. well, and so many of these yeah. have fantastic designs uh, that that you know that's part of the classics line is just like. Okay, I've got plenty of He-Mans. Give me some outlandish, unique character, and that's what Lord Mask is. He's got a great well, look. But he's and- not that outlandish. He's, I mean, he's very, he's, you know, he looks like a Mad Max bad guy. Or well, a he, he looks guy. like an Alex Toth design. Well, more than anything, but he, he is. I mean, he's different from anybody else in the line, which I like. Sure. Yeah. He's got. He's more. He's much more muted. He's got very cool. He's got a very cool uh, colors color scheme. Um, you know, I think that his, in if you're looking at, uh, it's all you know, uh, all things true. The blue in his bracers and his belt is not nearly that blue. It's much more of a of a almost powder blue gray. Okay, that's good to uh, know because I'm looking at it and those are standing out like. Bad. Yeah, they do not do. They are not that bright at all. Okay, and that sword is is the He Man sword. So, you know, that's not even part of his character. <laughs> uh, so then after Lord Mask, who's great. Great figure. Um, then you get to Voltak, uh, who, in spite of the fact that he's, uh, well, no, he was a horde. He was a horde guy. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking. Yeah, he's, yeah. Batros is the one with the red bat on him. That's yeah, not, yeah. He's the so one. So Voltak uh, was from a Sheer episode. He's very uh, bright color wise. It's once again, you know, he's he's straight out of filmation. Yeah, he Never looks. Had a figure. He looks. So he's got, distinctly cartoony to me very cartoony um his face is um my the 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 eye paint on mys is very wall-eyed i would say that if he looks like anything you know in who framed roger rabbit um when uh when what's what is what was his name Doom something oh do judge doom oh when he takes yeah. when his eyes pop out yeah, when Judge Doom is like revealed for like when you know when his eyes start bugging out, like yeah. that's what his face looks like. Oh no! Um, he's got the Hawkman wings from the DC figures. Mm-hmm. Same same wings. He comes with a a leash for Cowl, 
uh, the little cow figure because that's what he does in the episode is he's like a weird creepy zookeeper and he captures cow for whatever reason. Um, but he's got cool new feet. He has these really cool new feet. I mean, we don't see new feet very often in this line. Yeah. Um, these really cool new bird feet that are, that are pretty awesome. And the wings are obviously really great. Well, and that's uh, another, that, that's another textbook. good one because those, they, they do look really cool, but they probably could have faked that out with your, you know, just typical evil claw feet. Well, but so, you know, other than, I mean, other than the head and the armor, everything on him was reuse. So the fact that they put new feet on him is that they went, they, you know, they went the extra mile to sculpt new feet for him. I thought was great. Yeah, yeah, it's very cool. I, I, it's another one of those little things that I'm like, you know, I, I give Maddie a lot of shit, but that that's cool. And now we don't have to anymore, <laughs> right? Uh, so moving on from Voltac, uh, we get to Serpentine King Hiss. Which, by the way, thank you for my Serpentine King Hiss. Well, you're very welcome. And and I know that I have waxed very unpoetically in in previous podcasts about my my horrible experience getting my Serpentine King Hiss, uh, which was probably well what was hands down my worst experience with Maddie Collector over the course of of my experience with them. Well, it's um, shameful the way that they handled it because it was completely shameful. I was still subscribing during the year that he was supposed to be part of, but I was not given the opportunity to buy one. It was a disaster. Yeah. That, that whole figure was an absolute disaster as far as rolling it out and getting it in people's hands. Um, it was, it was absolutely terrible. Uh, that being said, um, the, the actual pieces of plastic that are part of King Hiss that you get are great. Yes. I'm very pleased with them. I do not think that we needed repainted. Uh, I was very disappointed in the fact that we got repainted um, Snake Men uh, weapons, um, Snake Arm, Snake Army guy builder weapons with him. Let me what just let needed. me just say this. I, the other day, I moved all of my extra because I've got a drawer full of classics accessories, and I moved them to a larger drawer because it really wouldn't open. And those fucking Snake Men staffs, uh, I've, got like, I've got like eight of them in there. Yeah. And every time I would reach in to get a handful of accessories, those stupid things would snag on the top of the drawer and like well, I'd drop I, everything. I hate I'm them. very thankful that they finally got over that. Um, that they didn't feel the need to give every freaking Snake Man that came out that stupid staff that Ugh. looks terrible in anyone's hand and no one should ever hold it. Um, you know, like, I'm so glad they didn't feel like they had to give it a squeeze, you know, uh, and, and when, when we get to the new reveals, I'm so glad they didn't give it to him. Right. Um, but the actual King His figure, and, and I will say this, as I was going through my accessories today and deciding what I was going to put on what figures, I will say that those new that the, the the actual Snake Man accessories that came with King Hiss, I actually like the paint job on them mm-hmm. more than I like the the Army Builder ones, and I did use them. Oh. So as much as I bitched and moaned, as much as I bitched and moaned about getting more repaints of those weapons, which I I felt like we really didn't need, when it comes down to just judging them against each other on paint job. I actually like them. However, <laughs> however, what I didn't need was more snake armor. What I didn't need was more snake weapons. 
And what I do need is Snake Armor He-Man's shield. No shit. That I still don't have. And that is what should have come with that figure. And the the Amulet of Serpos. Mm, yeah. There are there are two really, really there were there are no new snake men. There are literally no new snake men vintage figures to do. And here you are doing this King Hiss that was such a pain in the ass for everybody to get. And you just pack in a bunch of repaint crap of, of things that we've already got, which I will say the paint job was better. But there are other Snake Men themed items that we don't have that are that would have been much better choices. Well, I'm let's... still waiting for that Snake Armor He-Man shield, which is awesome looking, and I really, really want that Amulet of Serpos. Let me say this about the Serpentine King Hisk. King Hisk? King Hiss? I did not expect it to be as much of a step up over the other Ugh. King Well, the original body. was awful. Do, well, it just... From pictures, you just can't see how awesome this one really is. No. And it is... It's badass. I love it. it needed to be. And and I get what they were doing. I get that they were trying to make it like the vintage King Hiss, which is very unimpressive. Yeah. And, (laughs) you know, that's what you got. You made it like the vintage King Hiss's snake body, which is very wussy looking. It's just like, man, a couple of snakes. It's scary. And it wasn't scary at all. And and they, they... you know, they really because there was no vintage filmation King Hiss. It you know right? what do you know what the, the old King Hiss body looks like? There was this uh anti drug commercial that aired in the eighties. <laughs> it was like a dare I think it was Dare, maybe. Uh-huh. And this drug dealer turned into this like snake man. And at the time, like when I was a kid, it scared the shit out of me. But if you go look it up on YouTube now, it looks really corny and stupid. Mm. And that's what the other King Hiss body looks like. Right. It's supposed to look like it could fit inside the body of of the, right, of right, the right. human form King Hiss. But, but that's not scary. No. <laughs> and they did such a good – I really think that the, the reimagining of King Hiss for the 2000X cartoon was such a it, – I, I like everything about the 2000X King Hiss. Dude, that over figure is one of my favorites of the whole line. It's a beautiful figure, and, and to have the serpentine body that, that matches that cartoon was necessary, and I'm just very disappointed that, A, they botched the job, and for having botched the job so much, a thank you of these actual other snake items that, that we still do need... Um, you know, now I will say that the problem with the amulet is that figures aren't, unless a figure is specifically designed to hold an amulet, like the name, the the faceless one holding the ramstone, right. or Count Marzo holding uh, Marzo's amulet. You know, those little handheld amulety things, unless you have a very special hand, they can't hold them very well. Right. What do you do so with I it? Get that, but there's no excuse for us not having. Snake Armor He-Man shield at this point. Well, it's tooled. It's done. Oh, yeah. All right. Um, that's enough about this asshole. All right. That's enough about that. This his hole. I didn't want to get on that. All right. right. So then after that, we get to uh, our new adventures figure, which is Darius. Which, according Darius, to you, is the most popular new adventures character of all time. Well, no. no not, I, know, no. I know. He is He is one of 
the popular new adventures characters because there aren't that many um, in demand hero uh, (laughs) figures. There aren't that many in demand new adventures characters at all. Well, that's fine. (laughs) I, 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 you know, new adventures really turned me off He Man when I was a kid, and it has its fans though because if you remember that Dragon Con panel we did, that one guy got really hot when we were talking about new adventures not being very good. Well, it wasn't. And I stand by that. <laughs> I tried to watch an episode of New Adventures, and it was so offensive that I couldn't make it through the entire episode. Oh, that's right. There's some on that box set you got, aren't there? Oh, yeah. Oh. There's the, the supposedly the ten best episodes of New Adventures oh, are on that box set. And I tried to watch one of the best episodes of New Adventures, and I had to turn it off. Oh, boy. It was so bad. And you are one of and the I'm, biggest T-Man I'm, fans on the planet. Right, I'm I'm willing to I'm willing to to stick it out, and yeah, I yeah. couldn't even do it. It was it was so bad. Oh. So anyway, so Darius was um was a was a unreleased figure. He never had a vintage New Adventures figure, uh, and and so this was. It's not to say that you know he was so demanded because you had him when you were a kid and you really want the classics version, right? It was more that it was that oh well we we saw him in the catalog and we never got him. You know he he had never been made in plastic before, and I think that's what pushed him over the edge rather than what put put him above other other new adventures figures that did have vintage figures that people were not as excited about. Let me ask you this because I'm looking at this picture of him and his cape in this picture looks like crap. Uh, does, it's fine. I don't have yeah. any problem with the cape at all. It just looks know. weird and like it's uneven and I don't know. It there's just, it there's a lot of new tooling on him. He's got new thighs. Uh, looks like old boots. Um, really, this one has really loose ankles. That's unfortunate. Um, what is this weapon? Is this is this like a? He has a big mate, like a big ma- like a big mace ball. Okay. Morning star, not morning star, but but yeah, mace ball star, thing. or ball and chain. Yeah, yeah. He's got a big space ball and chain, which, you know, the vintage figure, you pushed a button and he'd whip it at people. Is it, a, um, is it on a string? Like an actual no, string? No, it's, on a, it's on, a, on a plastic. Yeah, come on, Mattel. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Uh, and then his helmet comes off. The helmet is removable. Oh, nice. Um, so it's like a new adventure Skeletor. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, he's, I mean, he's space Randor. I mean, let's just call it, call it what it is. Sure. Um, you know, he, he's, you know bearded brunette dude um the helmet looks really great his 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 head looks great without the helmet it's not one of those helmets that like doesn't look right right you know like this like they didn't account for the space right like he either has a mushy head or a giant helmet yeah 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 yeah. uh so you you take the helmet off he looks fine you put the helmet on it looks fine um he has a very boring shield uh, and that's about it um great paint on him honestly the paint's really good uh for for a figure so that's, you know, for those of you who want your new Adventures figures, boom, there you go. Darius is fine. Uh, moving on from that, speaking of new adventures, then we get to Krita. Who I do know was was a hugely demanded figure, like, very, forever. Very, yeah, because she's like, she was the evil land of new adventures. Okay. Um, you know, and, and although I will say that, that she needs to, right now, Krita needs to renegotiate her contract. She needs to drop new Adventures Skeletor. And she needs to go join up with the Misfits um, <laughs> and sing some freaking awesome 80s music. Because that is, this is like, 
This is a gem figure that never made it into production. I mean, she is... Every single thing about her screams Gem and the Holograms and the Misfits. Um, and, I, and, and, and to me, that's what I love about her. Uh, she, she is... Her hair is amazing. Her paint on her face is amazing. Um, she looks like she's ready to play a key guitar um, and have you know, a, a light show just explode around her. Um, <laughs> what I, what I don't like about the figure is that she has this like weird cape thing that goes between her, her bracers, uh-huh. which completely limits. She, she just, her arms are where they are yeah. and she can't put her arms over her head. She can't really do anything. She comes with a whip. Um, she has a, an accessory. That's like a little staff. That's got a little jewel on the end. And then it's like, I guess the gimmick was on the show was that that gem like shoots a rope out of it and then it becomes like a whip. Well, if you can't raise your hand over your head to brandish a whip, it's a pretty boring whip. Yeah. Um, so the, the, uh, the other accessory is kind of dead in the water. You can't really pose it. You can't put it in her hand and have it look like it makes any sense. Um, and her hair is so big that you can't really move her head around. You can't really move her arms around. So in many ways, she's kind of just like a statue. Like, her posability is completely out the window. No, no, she's she's a staction figure. She is. She basically is. I mean, you can move her legs around, but, but that's between her hair and this little, you know, bracer cape thing she's got going on. That thing doesn't uh, come off? No. What? Um, it doesn't. It's, she, her... Her posability is completely neutered. Wow, weird. By just the design of the figure. Yeah. However, visually, she looks great. Sure. Um, I, and I love her. I, I think she looks awesome. Um, she does look a little weird on the New Adventures shelf with all the other, like... Because a lot of the New Adventures figures are very busy. Well, they have they have a lot of, like, armor yeah, with a like bunch a of circuitry of and stuff. Techno shit all yeah, over. Yeah, yeah. And... And uh, she doesn't. She's got like a tunic on, and you know. Right. Um, so well, she doesn't really ladies... look like she fits on the shelf. Bo, bo, bo. Ladies don't understand technology. They can't well, wear. They can't wear I armor. I think Mara looks good. They can't wear armor with a bunch of gadgets and wires and shit on it. Well, no, they have to. Have, you know, Mara needs that midriff going. Right. Exactly. Yeah. But uh, but I think Mara. I think even Mara looks like she fits more on the new adventure self. Than Krita does. Which yeah, is, you, uh, you're right. Because but, that, but that's what the design. That's what the design was. Uh, and she didn't her... have an, she didn't have a vintage figure to go off of. Uh, so she's completely based off the cartoon, which cool. I think has a lot to do with it too. That's cool. All right, let's uh, move on to speaking of the ladies. If I if I could pick one of the figures that we are going to discuss this evening to have in my collection, this would be it. And I believe you would be right. Uh, this is Despara, um, who does not fit into any of the previously established factions at all because she uh, is from the DC Comics run of He-Man. Where, and what I love about this character, not just the figure, but this character is the logical chain of events that would have happened. Yes. Um, the, 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 the idea behind Aspara is that in the comics, she is the Adora She-Ra character who is Force Captain Adora. 
raised by the Horde, raised by Shadow Weaver, brainwashed by Shadow Weaver, raised by Hordak. And she is what the Force Captain would look like. And, you know, you see Adora on the vintage show, uh, on the Filmation show, and she's so pleasant looking. She's just Adora. And she's just Adora. And, and, and apparently, but, but, you know, she has, but according to her story, she, she should have been committing all these atrocities enslaving in her, in her the little, Ethereans in her and, little and putting people tunic. into prison camps and stuff and, and, and you just don't see that in Adora and so plus you, you know we talk a lot about you know Hordak and his propaganda machine that he's got going on you know everything Hordak is you know it's got the Horde bat symbol on everything and here is Adora who just is like walking around in her little tunic and not even an you know, armband not yeah, not even an armband, you know. Uh, and so the idea was that when they were writing the comics, this was a big part of the storyline was that Adora wouldn't be like that. Adora would be dark, right? She would be brainwashed and dark as shit. And this idea that that you know Hordak raised her as his own daughter, you know that she wears this mask that looks like Hordak. That she is that she is Hordak's agent. She is Hordak's right hand out there in the field, being a general, subjugating the masses, you know, marching people off to prison camps. Well, and, and stuff. being competition with like Katra. Yeah, competition with Katra, you know, competition with her weird mom and Shadow Weaver, you know, Scorpia. She looks like she belongs in the horde in a way that Adora on the TV show could not at all and did not um she's an amazing figure she comes with she looks you know completely at home um on the horde shelf because she looks like a female horde warrior um she looks like a female hordak i mean that's what she she is she comes with a great deal of stuff her cape is awesome she comes with a staff a big horde staff she's got two awesome long swords that go into slots on her back uh and then she comes with a separate head this is my only gripe with this figure. So one of the heads is like a Hordak mask that she wears. And then the other head is very much like a um, uh, Furiosa, you know, buzz cut, the black, uh, foot, almost sort of football cheek makeup going on. Um, but the sculpt on the Adora face, even with the buzz cut, even with the black makeup, she's smiling. What? Yeah, and her eyebrows are like pleasant eyebrows. She doesn't even have angry eyebrows. It's, you know, I don't know if it's supposed to be like, oh, well, she's, you know, she's got the horde mask on when she's being all evil, and then this is what she looked like when she learned there of her ways. She needed a super evil looking, um, unmasked face. Every single other thing about the figure is dynamite. That's my only gripe, is that the unmasked face should have looked evil. Right, right. But you know what? Yes, you're right, but are you even going to display that figure with the unmasked face? No. Right. I will not. Unless you've got two of them. Which I don't. So, uh, other than that, everything about her looks great. Honestly, I don't think I'm going to use the staff. The swords look awesome. Um, you know, she's she's fantastic looking and is the logical 
progression of that character. You know, Adora's story, and what what I think is so interesting about Adora and so interesting about Shira is that unlike He-Man, where it's like, oh, the good guys are in charge and the bad guys are trying to take over, blah, 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 blah. You know, on Shira, the bad guys were in charge. There was a rebellion. Yes, which, which is idea, always a better story. It's always a better story. And because we're Americans, that's what we like. We like a rebellion. Um, just reference Star Wars. Yeah. And, and this idea that, a, you know, He-Man was just given these powers because he's the chosen one, right? Right. And with Adora, Adora is a redemption story. Adora has to atone for the crimes that she committed while she was the Force Captain. Yes. And I think that this this figure and that comic series is the only one that really brings that that makes that story real in a way that the filmation cartoon just just you know just like in the way that you know He Man would like pick up Beast Man and throw him into the mud, right? And and it neutered the the reality of the situation. Adora being so like not really evil. She didn't have. She had. She hadn't really. They, they did not convey the crimes, the the severity of the crimes that she committed. No, we just we briefly met her. We right. briefly met her, and she immediately switched sides. Right, like that. So. That was it. And for for the listeners that have not read the DC comics, uh, I I when they came out, I doubted that they would be any good. Uh, because honestly, you know, there haven't been a lot of He-Man comics that have done the franchise justice. But DC uh, did a good job and continues. I'm reading uh, the Eternity War right now, and man, it's it's this really good. It I'm really waiting for the trades. Uh, I and and also on the same note, uh, He-Man and Thundercats. There's some really awful dialogue. Yeah. But if it's if you can just get into the spirit of imagine if twelve year old you had right. written a He Man and Thundercats comic, this is what it would be. Like you know, not not to derail the conversation, but but there was a really interesting thing that came up on another He Man podcast. Okay. In the same vein, like, okay, like, Thundercats, He-Man crossover, right? Right. That was, somebody had written into the show and said, hey, what about this idea? Um, they talked about it on the show, on the, the Fans of Power podcast, um, which is not very good. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a He-Man podcast, so I listened to it. Sure. Um, is the idea that, what if the Transformers landed on Eternia? Whoa. So re- a reimagining of the Transformers oh, by wow. copying Masters of the Universe vehicles. Do you know how badly I want to battle Ram Optimus Prime right now? Exactly. Holy shit, that's awesome. Like, imagine all the vehicles and then start imagining which Autobots and Decepticons would have, you know, would have absorbed those vehicles. So I guess Starscream would be a Roton. Um, Jetfire. see, that's, this is the whole thing. That's a whole other podcast. Right, that's why you're I didn't right. Want to get it, into is, it. it is. It is. We got. It's really juicy. Yeah, we got to keep going. That's great, though. I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I encourage all, everyone who's listening. Hey, if it, hey, listeners at home. Hey, Phantomaniacs. <laughs> please comment 
comment on Facebook and and on and on the on the web on the website with your imaginings of what the Transformers would be like on Eternia. Oh it, man, There's... if they had copied the vehicles. Now, one guy did say something that was pretty cool, but kind of goes against it. Is that you know how Faker has the 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 like machine part of his chest, the sticker. Yeah. yeah. That if he was Soundwave. Huh. So he's got that thing on his chest already. Right, and right. And that there was a um and that the two the two tapes would be uh the, I think it's Laserbeak is or no no Laserbeak's the Transformers one. Um Screech which I think is the the evil bird. Right. Uh and then the other one was oh, what was the other one? Um a uh I forget what the other tape was. Um, the ma- the masters variant of let's it. Just, but... Let's just say Batros. Even, just though, Batros. even though that's even though that's a dude, let's just say Batros. Well, that's the trick. That's the trick with He Man is you got to keep it to the vehicles. Well, and I was like, no okay, Faker, Faker's a robot. That's the only one I'll give you because they kept trying to be like, oh well, you know, what if he, you know, He Man was Optimus Prime? No, 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 no. That's not interesting. What's interesting is is the the Transformers copying. The really cool, iconic vehicles. There just aren't that many vehicles, though. There are, though. There's tons of vehicles. Uh, yeah, I guess you're right. All right, we got to move on. We got to move on. on. Exactly. That's why I was like, oh, I don't want to get off track. But let's right, so everybody after... go to the Needless Things podcast Facebook page and tell us your uh, Transformers, Masters of the Universe mashups. That's right. Uh, vehicles. Vehicles. Uh, after Despara, we had General Sunder. So sticking with the Horde. And General Sunder is honestly, you got more bang for your buck out of this figure no kidding, than probably right? the other figure of the, of the year. My gosh, he came with so much. So General Sunder is a filmation character. He's from the Shira cartoon. He was a general in the Horde army who then was like, "Whoa, we're assholes. This is terrible. <laughs> we should stop doing this." Um, so he joins up. He 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 uh, he sells out and uh, and joins up with uh, the rebellion. So what you get with General Sunder is is mostly a repaint of uh of the Horde trooper body. And this this was another like massively requested figure, right? Yes, big time. He was he was one of the most requested filmation figures. And then when everybody you know going with what we know about the line. Which is, you know, and, and this is this is vintage vintage Masters of the Universe, right? Right. This figure is a no brainer. You, you know, all the parts are already here, right? All you need is like a new head and a cape, right? That's it, and that's that's really all it is. Um, although you, it is a new armor piece, a new chest piece, because the cape is built into the into the armor piece. Um, he has uh, these additional belt pieces. That are attached, and I think maybe the crotch. Yeah, the, it looks like yeah, the crotch pieces is, is different. The crotch piece is different. It's a little more streamlined, um, and he's got two holsters and two guns, which are really pretty cool looking uh, little space blaster guns. So he's got dual dual guns, which look pretty cool. Um, I will say that you know that the the paint job is different enough. You know, like you can't really use him as another horde trooper body, because um, you would need another horde armor. He looks to me very filmationy. He is. And well, and you know what? Honestly, though, and there's less. There, there's definitely less, uh, less paint 
on the armor. Well, and honestly, I'm sitting here looking at the Horde Troopers, and and even really the Horde Troopers are are very cartoony and filmation-y. Which is not not a bad thing. They have more paint going on. Oh, than this guy? Yeah, they do. Really? Uh, Yeah, like, and there's different, like, the Horde Troopers' feet are black, his feet are gray. Um, There's highlights on, um, yeah, well, uh, I guess it's not that different. The Horde Troopers have a little bit of a wash on them that he doesn't have. Okay. Uh, but, but otherwise it's not much different. The torso, the, the, the chest, the armor is different. The hands are a different color. Uh, the, the feet are a different color. And the head is obviously new. He looks great. And then, not only that, but he comes with three other heads for your aging Horde Troopers. Which is just crazy. Which is nuts. Um, and it makes you need to buy another two pack of horde troopers because now you've got all these other awesome heads. Right. Um, unfortunately, and you can't get, and you can't get any goddamn horde troopers. So too bad. Um, so there's a, uh, there's one head that looks like in secret of, in the filmation episode of secret of the sword, sort of like the proto horde troopers. Mm-hmm. So it looks like that. So they have these big, weird black eyes that go all the way down the helmet. Then there is this weird, like, purple mutant-looking face under the helmet that is supposed to look like the uh, DC Comics that we have are the previously Oh, exposed. okay, okay. So it looks like those. So they look like these sort of ogre monster horde troopers, right. not robots, but actual weird purple mutant guys in the suits. And then a scuba helmet that is the underwater underwater horde trooper that looks really good, and that's one of my favorite uh, one of my favorite helmets to display. Because it has this thing where the the tubes come over the edge, the sort of cup of the armor, um, so it 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 has this. It really it makes it look like a totally different figure, more so than the other helmets do, in the way that it comes over the edge of the armor, sort of like. So, so are these are these all variants of the horde trooper that we've actually seen? Correct. The the high the the like underwater trooper I'm pretty sure is from the is is from the filmation cartoon. Um, the the like proto horde trooper is from Secret of the Sword, and then the purple face guy is from the comics. So I mean, there's so much in that figure. Seriously, like General Sunder, m- more bang for your buck than well, I don't know about that, but but definitely. Um, you know, anybody who's a fan of the horde uh, and and a fan. There, there's just a lot to like about that figure. But that's not all, um, because he also comes with a really cool um, extra horde trooper weapon that's an, that's like an axe. Um, it's like a one-handed axe uh, that looks like kind of like a red stun baton, and then it's like the horde bat at the top, and then one of the horde bat wings is really, really big to make the, like, axe head, and the other one is is small. So it's not like a double-headed axe, but it's like a single-headed horde batwing axe that looks awesome, and I love it. Um, so between, I mean, between three extra heads and two guns and another cool, um, you know, horde axe that works on all of your other horde trooper figures, this this figure has so much packed in with it that... It's it's phenomenal. It's, but it's the big question here, though. Was he plentiful? Could you actually get multiples of him to utilize these parts? Since we could not get more horde troopers, but you don't need another version of him. 
you need more horde troopers to put these other heads on. Oh, right, because well, I'm sitting here looking, and he is so different. Yeah, he's not. Yeah, you, you can't yeah, really you're do right. See, the, that cape. Uh, that's really that annoying. Is, the cape is part of his armor. Right, right. You can't turn him into a horde trooper without the other without the horde trooper armor. So basically, what this guy wants you to do is he wants you to buy two more two packs of horde troopers that you can't. <laughs> to utilize these three extra heads. Yeah, that's really frustrating. Um, which is such a bummer because I I like my horde troopers. I don't want to replace all my horde troopers with variants. And right now that's what I've got. I've got two sets of horde troopers, so I could have you know four completely different horde troopers, but I don't want four completely different horde troopers. I want at least two horde troopers that look the same and then maybe two variants, but ideally Four horde troopers that look the same, and then four variants. Right, right. right. You know, to bring up the rear because that's they're a horde; they're not like a squad, right? Uh, anyway, so General Sunder, fantastic figure, tons of really great shit, awesome, 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 totally worth the money. Um, you know, and and for figures that maybe had fewer accessories, he's that figure that makes up for that because you get so much in that box, which I'm fine with. I mean, I've, I've always said. Uh, don't you know don't give me accessories just for the sake of accessories if one guy comes with one thing and another guy comes with five things because it makes sense that's fine i have no problem with that yeah but they they packed so much i mean and honestly that was enough like even even just him on his own was a very strong figure he's got two guns he's got a lot of new parts like Compared to other figures that are, you know, heavy, 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 you know, reuse. Mm -hmm. But the fact that he came with so much more was really off the chart. Um, All right, moving forward, then we come to one of the beasts. Well, beast slash vehicle, because it's really, it's really both. Uh, That would be Night Stalker, one of the two horses from the vintage line. Who is another uh, uh, Stridor and Night Stalker? Another figure that, uh, or another toy that that I would like to have. Well, I will say that that Ooh, everything, everything about Night Stalker leading up to his release had me incredibly excited. Um, he's huge. Uh, all the vehicles are big. I mean, I, I said that about every single vehicle I get. I'm just a marvel about how how big they are, and that's some of them know, are too big. Well, it's due to the it's due to the scale of the figures. You know, the classic figures are bigger than the vintage figures. Uh, and the, the vintage figures were big. That, that was their whole thing. I mean, like they, you know, they put GI Joe and Star Wars blew them out of the water because the figures are so big. That, and then that you Talon the fighter that are even bigger than those. That Talon fighter is too big. Well, the Talon fighter is very big. You're right. Um, Night Stalker is also very big. He he's oh, big really? enough for a full. Size figure to sit inside, not ride on top of a horse. So he is, you know, he is he is significantly bigger than the other horses that we had already got. Because you don't ride on top of Night Stalker, you ride inside of Night Stalker. Oh, right, right. Um, now, that being said, there were, I guess, problems with, with how this turned out. Um, originally, uh, what we were told was that all of... So the original Night Stalker and Stridor figures were solid hunks of plastic. Right. They had no articulation. They were literally a statue of a horse that you could put a guy inside. And Which, that was well, the- they had 
didn't the like shoulder equivalents like those moved right no nothing nothing guns the guns moved around maybe but that was and maybe yeah that was it oh the guns the guns moved but like everything else was a solid hunk of plastic interesting um or not interesting (laughs) what we were told was that the legs on night stalker would be ratchet joint legs right so that you could really lock him because it's heavy uh, so that you could really lock the figure into positions um, and it was displayed as such that you could put a figure in Night Stalker and pose him rearing up on the hind legs that is what we saw Uh-oh. and what we were told I, I, I think I see where you, I think I see where you're going with this and that was not what we got the, the the joints on the legs are just free moving. Um, I won't say that they're super loose, but they certainly cannot support the weight of the figure on the two hind legs by mm. any stretch. The other thing that's that was pretty disappointing was the there's all this neck articulation, which is really great, uh-huh. but it but it 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 also does not support the weight of the head. He comes with a new mask. Um, that's designed to uh, sort of match Jitsu in the sense that it's a very Eastern-looking um, horse mask. Right. Uh, and the extra weight of that head completely drags the entire head down. Oh. Um, none of the... none of the Because uh, all of those different neck plates are separate articulation pieces. It looks like there's a lot of space between those. There are. Um, and it's not super noticeable unless you're looking like unless you pose it unless you pose it in certain ways like if you tilt it all the way back up that you notice all that empty space. But it does it gives a great range of mo- it, it it gives you a really great range of motion on the head. Except as soon as you let go of it, it droops down. Oh, uh, that's disappointing. It was. Um, you know, just on the shelf. And just standing on all four legs, he looks really great. But I think that there was a lot of missed opportunities. And the other thing is that the different neck plates, there's a lot of warping that happened to them. Oh. Um, so they're all kind of weird looking. Like, they, they, if you look at them from certain angles, it's almost like, uh, like Club Filmation, Evelyn's head when you look... When you look at it from one angle, it looks fine. But when you look at it from another angle, you realize it's completely bent in a weird direction. Oh, that's disappointing. Um, so, like, so like I said, there's there's a lot that that we were promised with this figure that didn't come through on um, that it f- things that it physically can't do. Now, obviously, my shelf is not tall enough to actually have him reared up on his hind legs. But don't show me a picture of it reared up on its hind legs when you're selling it to me, and then have it not be able to do that. Without super glue, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, but it, but that being said, you know uh, there are very few evil warriors, well, bad guy vehicles at all, right. slash beasts. So it was really nice to get one. Um, I'm definitely glad we got this one over Stridor if we were going to get it. Yeah, obviously Stridor is just a repaint, and I'm sure we will see that at some point from Super Seven way down the road. Um, but uh. I think that if I hadn't been promised what I was promised, I would be happier with it. But the fact that it didn't follow through on on what it was advertised that it could be, I was pretty bummed out. 
Um, but just on the shelf, Jitsu looks really good in it, and it's fine. Let's move on, uh, because I am dying to hear what you have to say about this next bozo. Our next one is another new Adventures figure, and it is Tuscador, who is the big, like, Mastodon-themed uh, heroic galactic warrior. Um, so, sort of just like how, you know, Extendar went, oh, Mechanek, that's really cute. Your neck gets longer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, Tuscador kind of comes along and says, oh, Snout Spout, you've got an elephant thing going on. That's really cute. Um, Tuscador, in, in, in I think an incredibly brilliant choice of, of reuse, reuses the Ram Man Buck. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, was entirely 100% new tooling. So I'm really glad that they found a way to, A, give us another really, really big guy, uh, and B, reuse that, um, reuse that. Now, some people, you know, weren't thrilled about it because the vintage Tuscador wasn't this big. He was not, like, as much of an oversized figure. But I think that it totally makes sense for, for, for this character. Well, and, uh, and I mean, it's he's a freaking mastodon. He should be big yes. and thick and beefy. So, in spite of the fact that he reuses uh, Ram Man parts, there's actually quite a quite a bit new stuff on him. Um, his crotch piece is new. Uh, the legs. Uh, I'm not. Let me, let me go get Ram Man. Um, he's he's got new new shoulders that are really great. This big new uh, thing that goes over the top of them. New tusks. Oh yeah, two, completely. Two sets of tusks, right? Oh yeah, it comes with two sets of tusks. Yeah, so it's it's new legs, it's new boots. I think that the feet of the boot, yeah, the feet of the boots are the same, but the like shin part of the boots is all brand new, and there's these covers that come down over them. Um, yeah, new, completely new legs, completely new crotch piece. Uh, the chest is the same. The upper arms are the same. The forearms are the same. The hands are the same. But everything else is new. The head is new. There's this, uh, the, that, that sort of cover that's over the top of his head comes off. So you can display him. Or you can see like what he looks like underneath. Right. He has this cool kind of like weird flight cap kind of thing going on underneath. This blue flight, flight, flight cap. Cause you look at this guy and you immediately think flight. Well, I think it's more like, well, it's, it's, Honestly, it's you know what it's not. It's not a flight cap. It's like um, like like a, like a wrestling help. Like, like if a, you're doing like Olympic wrestling, okay. It's like covers up his ears, you know. Okay, I got it's you. like that. That's what that flight cap is wrong. It's okay, more like okay. a wrestling cap. But great detail. His face is really unique. It doesn't look like Ram Man's face at all. Um, you can pull that that little cover over his head comes off on and off real easy, um, and then of course the tusks. So he comes with two gigantic, ridiculously big tusks. He takes up as much space as four other figures next to each other on that's, the shelf. With, that's my concern with, about him is is that he would take up so much real estate that it almost wouldn't be worth it. And and that's kind of the situation, you know. Um, I have my new adventures figures in the in in um, the IKEA glass shelves, right? Mm-hmm. And he has to be the centerpiece, 
like center back of the new Adventures of Good Guy shelf. Because you just, I, he, those tusks come out very far. But he's got shorter tusks, right? He does have a shorter pair of tusks, but come on, man. I know, I know. Yeah, I wouldn't use them either. I wouldn't <laughs> you know? use them either. But you can, but the tusks spin. They spin in those sockets, and you can totally put a guy in between those tusks and pick him up. Well, that was the future and, of the original figure, right? Yeah, that was the future is that he grabbed people with the tusks. So um, you, can, you can take the tusks out and sub them out for a smaller pair of tusks. And then he comes with a very tiny gun, <laughs> which is almost... <laughs> insulting <laughs> he's got a little loop on his belt and you could put this i mean literally this gun is like smaller than his hand well man at least you can store it though yeah it goes on his little belt loop here okay. but but like this guy doesn't use a gun right right come on you know he's got these gigantic death machines sticking out of his chest um but uh he is he is huge and i never thought i'd get a figure that was heavier than ram man but he is totally heavier. Um, he he looks great next to Ramman, and he's taller than Ramman too. Um, now, are those tusks going to like to each other? Are, and even without the little helmet thing that he's got on, he's taller than Ramman. Are those tusks going to like warp or, or kind of fall over time, or are they pretty solid? They suck it right in, and they're very sturdy plastic. I do not think they will. They're not rubbery at all. Okay. Um, his leg. I'm looking at him and Ram Man next to each other, and he is a good, at least half an inch, if not three quarters of an inch, is taller than Ram Man. Wow. Um, his arms come down a half an inch taller. It looks like he has longer legs than Ram Man. Is kind of what I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like you put him next to Ram Man, and you think about how big Ram Man is compared to a regular figure. Yeah. This guy is not only wider, because his shoulders are wider, and he's got this huge real estate coming out of the front of him, but he's also taller. I mean, he it's I never thought we'd get somebody who dwarfed Ram Man, but man, did they do it. Well, and he was sold as a beast, right? He was more expensive, yeah. yeah. And and I think that cost is completely justified. Sure, sure. Alright, let's move on to one incredibly yeah, he, was he was the quarterly item. Yeah. Uh, an incredibly badass, like one of the most badass figures in the whole line. Moving on to the Horde Wraith. Yes. Uh, the Horde Wraith is, talk, speaking of new tooling, he is, uh, let me double check, um, the only pieces of existing tooling on the Horde Wraith are the upper torso and the shoulders. Everything else is brand new. He is like Shadow Weaver. He does not have legs. There is a, a flight stand that goes up to a weird little socket, but there are definitely no legs under there. The Horde Wraith uh, is from the 2000X series when, I think it's the flashback episode when King Grayskull was fighting the Horde. And uh, I think that was what it was. Yeah, King Grace King Grayskull is fighting the Horde, and they had these big weird wizards that were flying around. You know, you get a bunch of them together, and they all cast a spell, and you know, that's their jam. You know how it uh, goes. But this is a beautiful figure, and even if you know, you you take away the Horde stuff, this is a super awesome wraith 
looking necromancer specter looking figure. Like this figure fits in with Mythic Legions. It fits in This is a I mean, this figure would look cool on a shelf of any other figures. Yeah. Regardless of its uh, you know, connection to the horde. Yeah, this is a figure that kind of transcends the classics line to just it does. be a, a cool figure. Yeah. Um it one thing that's weird about it is his hands are really rubbery. They're new hands, and they're very, very flexible. Mm. Um, and he comes with a, a weird, you know, horde staff. That, but because of the way his hands, his hands are definitely posed in like a spell casting kind of poses. Mm-hmm. And it's they had to add this little extra weird piece on to try to make it be like he can hold the staff. Oh, I hate that. It totally doesn't work. Ugh. It's terrible. Like, you should just take that staff, and unless you want to give it to somebody else who can hold it, it's completely useless. Um, you just need to have this guy's hands be up like he's casting some dark magic. Right. Um, and that should be it. You know, I think something that would have been really cool, much better than the crappy-ass half-ass staff that they did, would have been, like, a cool, transparent, like, energy ball. Yeah, magic like, effect. Put it over both hands. Yeah. And it was like lightning going up to a center ball over the top. That would have been badass. As as many and magic more appropriate. As many magic users as are in this mythology and we have one two. What are, what's the other one? Uh the nameless one. What was the nameless one's magic effect? It's a, like a hand blast that's like energy snakes. Green energy, translucent energy snakes. I don't even know if I've still got that figure. You didn't miss much. Yeah, I, well, I had it, but I might have it's sold okay. it. it. It's 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 okay. I didn't like it's, it. It's a choice. Ahead. It's a very it's a very big choice. <laughs> that, that whole that whole that whole thing. Um, but this figure looks badass. I bought one for Michael for his for Christmas because uh, Michael loves the horde and he loves necromancy. And I was like, well, here you go, man. And he was like, ah. <laughs> it is it is bad ass looking and and you know what you really need two of these guys sure yeah you well, really another need two. i mean it's a, absolutely it's another troop builder yeah absolutely um which is you know my only thing i don't like other than the the total waste of the staff the only thing i don't like about it is that the gray of his robes is glossy mm. and that does not work for me yeah it's not uh, armor it's robes yeah, it's got this weird shine on it that just doesn't seem in place at all. Um, but other than that, I love every single thing about it. It is totally badass. Um, even if you don't like He-Man figures, this figure is badass looking uh, as just like an evil necromancer sorcerer character. And I highly recommend it. Okay, so I mistakenly thought earlier that Camocon was German. But now I think it's time to talk about an actual German, right? Yes. And how yes. did this... Okay, so this was a figure that I actually wanted, and I, I was under the impression that it was going to be sold the same way that the Red Hordak and uh, whatever the other one was, like where it would pop up from time to time on the site. Yeah. But I, I never kept any kind of track of it at all. What happened with this guy? Uh, that's pretty much what happened. He, oh, okay. He popped up like, like Red Hordak. Did you get one? I do have one. Nice. Um, How is it? Uh, he is, I mean, he's exactly what you think. Um, <laughs> Anti-Attorney He-Man uh, comes from the German audiobooks. 
and not to, you know, I mean, there, there are many negative energy versions of heroic characters. You know, this is not new territory. You know, you've got Negaduck from right. Darkling Duck. You've got, you know, negative energy versions of other things. So, so anti-attorney He-Man comes from another dimension where in, instead of being the most powerful man in the universe, He-Man is the most evil man in the universe. As opposed to the weakest man in the universe. As opposed to the weakest man. <laughs> he's still the most, he's still incredibly powerful. <laughs> right. But well, but that's, but that's really, but that's, that's, that's telling because it tells you that He-Man's greatest trait is his goodness. Yes. And not his strength. Oh, nice one. Thank you. Good Thank save. You. you like that? Yes. Um, now, it is hard to escape the connotations of this being a German written story. I feel like you're beating around the bush here, Bo. Well, let, let's just, let's just call it, call it what it is. Don't and say that, call know, a spade a spade. Call a spade a spade. And that if, 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 if our, if the great blonde, blonde haired, blue eyed Aryan savior of He-Man is, is the best thing. This is so then, uncomfortable. Then clearly the, the, the alternate evil version of that is an all black He-Man. Oh, no. Uh, so now that we've got that out of the way. Schwarzman. Yeah. So, so. That all being said, um, you have this 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 beautiful tar baby He Man. The eighties were a different time. <laughs> the eighties were an interesting time in Germany. Um, so you've got red red hair, red eyes. Um, he's pretty much all black, uh, shiny, glossy black. Well, and the point was, all of them, except for the belt, the bracers. Um, the Iron Cross, the the spots on on the bracer. The point are, are, wasn't even the color of his skin; it was the fact that black and red are generally thought of as evil colors. Right, and then when you look at when you look at you know negative energy versions of things, like I said, that's that tends to run in the sort of black and red spectrum. Right. And it's, it's look the, at the horde; the horde's all evil, and the horde's all black and red. It's, it's the absence of color, right? Um, so so he looks great. Um. Like putting him next to the He-Man's on the shelf, he looks really cool. It's kind of weird to figure out what to do with him because he's one of those standoff villains. Like he doesn't work for Skeletor; he's from an alternate dimension. Right, right. Is it, like, do you put him with your variants of He-Man, but those are all good guys, or do you put him on some weird shelf of like catch-all bad guy characters? That's what I've I'm, got. I've I've got a shelf that's like unaffiliated weirdos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he comes with uh, all of He-Man's accessories. The, the black and red versions of the shield, the, and the sword, and the axe. But he also comes with a bonus other accessory that's another shield that is, um, the, the Castle Grayskull Man shield that has the, the, the skull symbol from the door of Castle Grayskull. Oh, nice. That's in black and red. So he's not just a, sh so that's, was nice because it's like, well, he's not just a, a straight up, you know, repaint. At least he comes with one unique accessory that's unique to him. So that was cool. But I gotta say, I, I would give him the He-Man shield because to, he should be the opposite of He-Man. Like that's that's how. Can I tell you something else? Please do. I kind of I kind of want an anti-Shira because I think that'd be kind of hot. Oh well, you can look. Yeah, Joe Amato's made an anti anti attorney anti Etheria Shira. Oh really? Looks, oh yeah, yeah. It's, oh, that's that's out there. It looks great. Oh nice. Um, well, see, you know what I like about the shield, though the 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 Castle Grayskull Man shield, is that I believe 
I'm not, and I'm, I haven't heard the audiobook or whatever, but it's, I think it's like, it's not like the sorceress lives there. Like, like, anti-attorney He-Man rules evil Eternia from Castle Grayskull. Oh, so he would have this, this Yeah, so like, it, it, it kind of makes sense that he has the, right, the sort right. of like Castle Grayskull shield. Because that's his like big evil, and like, you know, it's like, you know, it's always been this way that like, well, the good guys, really? The good guys live in the giant skull castle? That's right. kind of weird. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and here you have anti-attorney He-Man who's like, I'm evil as shit, and I, yeah, I, I live in the giant skull castle. And rule my dark dimension from, from there. I like this guy. He's, he's on my list of, of things to eventually track down. He's like great. Him. He's totally worth having. Um, and, and he, in that way, like, because he's so dark, the glossiness of him gives him a lot of, uh, text, visual texture. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the way the light hits him really pops. You know? Yeah. He, he's not just like a, like a total matte black that sort of like sucks up all the light. He's kind of shiny. And that, that really makes his, like, contours pop out in a way that, that wouldn't happen otherwise. Right. So well, it, it, it seems like it would give it that look of, like, antimatter. Like that, like yeah. it's a, a, a thing as opposed to just a guy that is very, very dark. And I gotta go grab one more figure because I realized I didn't grab it. Oh, I, well, before we get to that, what is, what's up with this status unknown horde trooper? What is this business? Sorry, say again. What what is this? I'm I'm looking at and those at home. Uh, we we've mentioned it's all true several times, but that's your resource here. Uh, and they have a listing for a horde trooper, single carded, status unknown. What is this all about? Well, you're looking at it. The status is still unknown. I, I believe so that, that was there supposed was word to happen. Well, there was word going around that they were going to re-release the horde troopers as as single figures. Um, and why, that never though? happened. Why not just do, why not just put the two pack back out? Everybody wants two. Uh, good question. Right. Okay. All right. Let's move on to the figure you just grabbed. So, well, this is, this is part of the, the last, part uh, last decision making. Um, which was the, the, the last, this is the last thing that came out of MaddieCollector.com. Can I, let this, me, real quick, let, real quick, let me say this about the Roton. The Talon Fighter's way too fucking big. All right, go go ahead. So, <laughs> the the very the swan song of MaddieCollector.com and and Masters of the Universe Classics is the Rotom. Um, it was one hundred twenty dollars, which is a lot. Yeah. Uh, it came with one figure, which is the the Skeleton. Or Skelcon, uh, which is from the later, it was a minion of Skeletors from the Lady Bird books, uh, which is terrible, uh, because the Rotom is $120 and it came with an army builder. Right. Which is stupid. Yeah. Um, what, is, being... what is this need to include a figure with the vehicle? Um, I, th- I think it's a way th- of, Packing something else in that doesn't really cost that much, because it's a you know predominantly retooled or whatever. Um, so you're getting whereas it probably cost 120 dollars to do the package and the actual vehicle, the amount of money that it costs to add another figure in there to give you added value 
is negligible. Right. Like without the figure, you know, if you're looking at this line as a whole, your assumption might be that if the Roton did not come with that figure, it would cost 85 bucks. But in reality, in reality, if it didn't come with that figure, it would cost like 110 bucks. Yeah. So by packing in the extra figure, it's a way of getting another figure out there because they don't have a skew for another figure. Right. However, and we and we have seen this before, you know, the choice to put an army builder figure in with a, a, an expensive vehicle is terrible. Um, that being said, because because the Skelcons are freaking awesome. This figure is badass. I love every single thing about it. And the only army builder that that the evil warriors have are are the hoverbots. Right. And that's well and good and they're cool. They're a three pack. That's awesome. But it's not guys. Right. 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 And and this these are, you know, because we never got like the two thousand X Bone Warriors, which is a lot of people talked about for, for Skelter's Army Builder version. This figure is awesome. I love every single thing about it except for the fact that I want two of them and I'm not going to buy another Rotan. Um, that all being said, the Rotan itself is pretty phenomenal. I think it looks incredible. I've only read reviews of it, but it, from what I have seen, it looks even better it is, than what I expected. It is. It is huge. Oh boy. I can't I can't even begin to tell you how big this thing is. Be be honest with me. Be honest with me. Is it too big? Almost. Um, you know, like I'll take I've your got, almost is a yes. I, I thought the Wind Raider was big. See, I, I don't feel like Battle the Battle Ram was big. I don't feel like the Wind Raider or the Battle Ram is too big. The only thing that I'm I'm just like this is fucking ridiculous is the Talon Fighter. This thing is not too big. Okay. Because you don't have you don't put it up like I mean the reason the Talon Fighter feels so big is they put it on top of Castle Grayskull and it's like half the size of Castle Grayskull. Well, and also because you put figures in it and they're they're dwarf, like it doesn't even look like they're the right scale for it. Right. The figure fits very very soundly inside the Rotan. I could put I have, a 12 I have Spike inside, inside my Rotan. The, that's the that's who fighter. drives my my Rotan. Um it I, this is another one of those vehicles that I think the Rotan to me has always been the most iconic Evil Warrior vehicle. Um, and then after getting, you know, the Battle Ram and the Wind Raider and Point Dread and the Talon Fighter, all for the Heroic Warriors, and to only have Night Stalker, which is really a beast, you know, even though it's a robot thing, it's really a beast. And then to have the Griffin from 2000X, which is great, but it's from 2000X. Like, it's right. not a vintage vehicle. Right, right. The Roton was, in my always in my opinion, it's it's the battle ram of, of the Evil Warriors. Well, that's kind of like, as far as the cartoon and everything, that's kind of all they had, isn't it? Like, they never had what, Spy- well, Spydor was Hordax, right? Yeah, Spydor was Hordax. Um, what the- did they even have? They had they had a thing called the Collector, which was a, a vehicle that that Skeletor flew around in a lot. Um, that oh never, shit! But that was huge. Never, that never would get made. 
Right, and it and it didn't have a vintage. It didn't have a vintage counter. Right, right. Um, so, so this they didn't is really it. Ha- so the rotons were kind of all they had, um, and it was just a really cool flying evil flying saucer vehicle, a like flying the design. fucking buzzsaw. Yeah, it was a flying buzzsaw. I mean, what's not to be scared about? Um, and there were some artistic liberties. Some pretty heavy artistic liberties taken with the face of the Rotan by Nate Birch, who I've been a fan of of everything else this guy has done. But when I originally saw the the reveals of the face on it, yeah, it was such a drastic move from the vintage that I it really rubbed me the wrong way. Well, it's supposed to be a vehicle. With a monster face, not a monster that is a vehicle, and that's kind of what it looks like. Right. It it really made it really amped up the more organic elements right. Right. of the Rotan. Uh, that's very visible on the back. The back is very the back of it, which you don't see in in on the pictures, mm. is very organic. Yeah. Um, and the front, like, it's just it's the nose. It's like too the much. old the old one didn't have a nose. And the, and the new one has these just like gigantic nostrils on it. Um, that was very jarring to me when I was comparing the vintage to the new one. It would be like if they had given the Talon Fighter like an actual bird head with like feathers and shit on it. Yeah, um, it, it was it was a really big departure. Um, that all being said, having it in hand. It bothers me a lot less than it did when I looked at it. Yeah, um, yeah. I've I've kind of I'm kind of fine with it. Um, it's so big and so cool that uh, I'm not as bothered. Now, a um, couple of things. Well, let me let me ask you this because this in looking at the reviews and everything, uh, this has really appealed to me. I love the canopy. That they added in from the what the Ravel model kit, right? Correct. It's from the model kits. Yeah. Does it look as good in person, or does it look like something that was tacked on? You you could easily have two of these and display it both ways. Yeah, it's completely natural. Oh, that's so. It awesome. looks it looks like both. Um, it makes you know without it, it looks more like a Masters of the Universe vehicle because uh-huh. a lot of them have that big open cockpit. Yeah, yeah. that's just you know you. Well, you've That's how be, a lot of them are. You've got to be able to jump out of your vehicle onto the bad guys, exactly. or the good guys, as it were. Uh, and and even on the and on the good guy vehicles, you know, like the Wind Raiders, like yeah. that. It's just big open. It's just big and open. I mean, yeah. honestly, the 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 Talon Fighter is the only one that had like a closable canopy, and I think that's what made it so big was that you had to cover it up. Um, so so the red, the, I I choose to display it without the canopy. Mm-hmm. Um, but if but if you wanted to. You could certainly, um, you know, have it with or without the canopy. I, I like it. I think the canopy looks really cool. To to put it in perspective, it is so big that uh, on the shelf that I have everything on, they come with the same stands. It comes with the exact same flight stand as as the Wind Raider. Right. The Wind Raider with the flight stand sits very comfortably on the shelf that I have it on. The t- the the Roton and the flight stand do not fit. Is the circumference of the Roton bigger than the Wind Raider from nose to tail? From nose to tail? Let me go check. 
This is interesting. This is live, live people on the Needless Things podcast, a comparison of toys that you could have if you were willing to pay a whole lot of money to get them at this point on the secondary market. And by the way, the Rotan is also on my list of things that I would like to have. Get it. You will not be disappointed. I will I will get it. Um, if- it is just if you if you take off well, the Wind Raider is longer when you count in for the anchor slash projectile on the front and the tail fin. Okay. Um But the Rotan but is, is that big all the way around. Taller. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, it's got at least. Let's see if you put it. Yeah, it's it's. There's much more because uh, this is why. Here we go. This is why. So the the Roton works, right? So it's got four wheels on the bottom, and oh, when you roll the, it across the surface, the thing actually spins. The buzzsaw spins. It's oh, amazing. nice! It's so good, and so that's that extra space is, sure. is for the mechanism underneath. Years. I got you. So when you when you look at the the Wind Raider at the base of the cockpit, that's pretty much the bottom of the toy. Yeah, yeah. Whereas the the base of of the Roton keeps going to accommodate for the the mechanism. Right, they had to fit the stuff in. Yeah, so okay. it's got two little handles that you can hold on to, um, kind of like the Wind Raider, but they're they're articulated, so you can kind of like have one, like you can be like jamming one down, you know, like punching it, right, right, uh, with one, and then it's got two uh, blasters that have four different sockets that you can choose. There's there's two right in the front and the two further back. Oh, nice. I think this is the the probably represents the difference between the model kit and the original vintage toy. Right. right. So you've got two different places you can put the guns in. Although I will say that they, they fit in there very loosely. They don't really lock in there quite as nicely as I'd like them to. Um, the paint on it's great. It's got a great, like, glossy black metallic um, look on it. It's a green sort of organic-y kind of parts around it. Very shiny back with the sort of reptilian organic stuff on, on the back. Lots of cool detail on the, bo- on the bottom. Uh, the wheels... And the sort of jet-looking sort of thrusters and things. I would probably say, after the Battle Ram, it's my favorite vehicle. Oh, wow. Well, the Battle Ram was... And the Rotan is like the Battle Ram in the sense that it was... The the, the vehicles that I never had as a kid that I was very envious of, of friends of mine that had them. I never had the Wind Raider... Um, but I wasn't as – it didn't capture my imagination like the Battle Ram did. Um, and the Roton was always the really iconic Evil Warriors vehicle that um, that I never had, that other kids had. Because it, it was just a badass buzzsaw flying saucer, you know? I mean, it was – it's it's great. So 100%, if, you, if anyone's on the fence about the Roton, if you can still get it, absolutely get it. The, the, the Skelecon is totally cool. The only downside is that, you know, you should be able to have two of these guys. Uh, he comes with a cool bone, like, bone slash spear and a cool knife on his belt. And what's interesting is his horns are articulated. They can spin, so you can have his horns pointed up, you can have his horns pointed down. And so if you had two of them, there's actually, a, like, a really cool, like, lots of variety in, like, kind of the character that you can achieve by moving the horns around. 
which I was not expecting. Uh, excellent pack. I, you know, I, once I, I feel it's a shame that, you know, there's an army builder in there, but the Roton itself, other than the Battle Ram, hands down my favorite vehicle of the line. If, you know, it is the iconic Evil Warriors vehicle in my book. Um, Night Stalker is fine, but Night Stalker is just a repaint of Stridor and vice versa. It's not iconic to the Evil Warriors. Well, the thing is, here, here's my two cents on the Rotan. As far as its place in Masters of the Universe, it is a very distinct vehicle. We have seen flying plane things in other lines. We have seen tank-like things in other lines. We have not seen anything like the Rotan. Right, I agree. There, there is no mistaking it for for any other toy line. Like it is very distinctly Masters of the Universe, and it is like a signature of the line, which is why I think it was important for them to get it done. And for it to be the last thing that came out of Matty Collector, I- I'm glad that they went off on a high note. Yeah, um, you know they didn't bungle it. It, it, you know, uh, you know, in, in spite of my reservations that I had about the face. Having it in hand, it doesn't bother me as much. Um, well, and there was a lot of stuff like that throughout the line, where where you saw the initial pictures and you're like, eh, I don't know about this. And then once you get it in hand, you're like, okay, this works. Well, unlike Night Stalker, which is completely different. <laughs> Everything I saw about Night Stalker, I'd be super excited about it. Then I got them in hand, and I'm like, wow, this isn't as this isn't as good as I was hoping. All right, uh, we gotta we gotta wrap this thing up. Like, but we let's have wrap it up. we so, have two more things to hit really quick before we do one. Let's really briefly uh, briefly talk about the Loyal Subjects figures. Right. So currently there are two waves of Loyal Subjects figures. There's, there's Wave 1, which you can order online uh, via the Loyal Subjects website, and then you can also order it. I think the cheapest I found them is Jet.com, and it's scaled ordering, which means you know the more of them you order, the cheaper they get. Right. Uh, I have... Uh, I, I, I personally really like these that wave. Um, there's four good guys, there's four bad guys. It's very balanced. It's all characters I really like. It's Man-at-Arms, Stratos, Many Faces, He-Man, and Skeletor, Trapjaw, Triclops, and Evil Lynn. Um, oh, and Tila. There's a Tila. Uh, it's very, very balanced. Um, I really like... Every, uh, the Many Faces, actually, is probably my favorite. There's just something about the 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 big head, you know, super deformed version right, right. of these characters that, that makes sense. works for many faces more than it works for others. And the his face spins. It's got all three heads in there. I I was pretty much collecting these until I got him. And once I got him, I was like, all right, I'm happy with the other ones that I've got. Um, blind bags are not something I'm, you know, really want to get heavily into. Um, I've got all of the Wave 1 ones that I really want, except for Beastman and Tila. Uh, then they released a second wave at Walmart, which is pretty terrible. Um, it's almost, it's all bad guys and variants of He-Man and Tila. There's a pink Tila for some stupid reason. Um, and then, like, a different version of He-Man... And then different versions of Evelyn and Trapjaw and Skeletor uh, and, and Triclops. I have the variants for all of them. I don't have the Wave 1 Skeletor. Um, what I've heard from another He-Man podcast is that we're going to also get a Hot Topic wave. 
uh, exclusive Hot Topic wave and an exclusive Walgreens wave. That, but that is so common to these, like vinyl collector, blind box, whatever toy lines of doing these repaint waves that are ex- that are retailer exclusives, uh, and it drives me nuts. And I hate the bottom line on these things is they're thirteen bucks a piece for a blind box toy. Now, yeah. if this was a figure on a card that I could pick out which character I was getting. Uh, you know, I, even then, I don't know if thirteen bucks is worth it. I'd say ten dollars is yeah. reasonable. Uh, I I got trapped. Jo- I fucking miracle of my yeah. Toy, you, you hit the jackpot, dude. Miracle of my toy collecting life. I bought four of these with the intention of of giving or of of getting all four of them to you. And I was sitting here. I was like, I'd really like to have a trap jaw because he's my guy. Let me open up one and just see what it is, and it's fucking trap jaw. Never yeah, happened yeah. before, never happened again. But I've got my trap jaw, uh, and I mean, he's really neat. He's not worth thirteen dollars. I would agree. I, I, I really, I do. I love the designs. I really do. I love the way they look. I love the man at arms. I love the Stratos. I, I, I really like all of them individually. I do not want to sift through a bunch of wasted money on a bunch of repaints. Right. Uh, I, I don't. Um, honestly, I, I, I'm still missing the Beastman and Tila, and I think I can. You can. You can generally pick them up on eBay. I, I picked up a couple on eBay for for not for like thirteen, fourteen bucks a piece. Right. And for knowing what you're getting, if you're looking to complete the set, that's I think that's reasonable. Um, I've got four extras. I've got two extra He-Man's, an extra tri, uh, an extra Triclops, and an extra. Like Stratos, if anybody wants them, let me know. I'll be happy <laughs> to give you a good price on them. Um, I, if I think that other characters would be really cool in this style, I'd love to see a Moss Man. I'd love to see a Roboto. Um, you know, there's definitely other characters that I would love to see get this treatment, but I but I don't want to be. But 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 the Walmart wave was. It's just a bunch of repaints. There's well, nothing. The the there bottom literally, no, other than the wave one. There's nothing in wave two that I wanted that I couldn't get out of wave one. Other than physically going to the store and and physically picking them up. Well, the bottom line on these is if you're if you're a junkie for that blind box phenomena, and I know some people that get off on that whole. Oh, what am I getting? Is this right. and don't care that they end up with four of the same figure. If you're that. Then you're gonna dig these, yeah. but if you're not that, uh, I'd I'd say pass. Well, and if you are that, then please let me know if you get a Tila <laughs> or a <laughs> and let's talk. All right, let's uh, move on to the the huge news huge, out of Super Seven. Huge news, and and me as a somewhat jaded uh, person who considers himself mostly done with with classics. Uh, very excited by two of these figures, but let, let's go ahead and run down the four figures that were revealed uh, to be coming soon from Super 7. Yeah, so just to recap, Super 7 has taken over the license. The Rotan was the last thing to come out of Matic Collector, and this release, this this news, are the are the first, other than the Ultimates. Have the Ultimates, the Ultimates haven't shipped yet. They have not shipped. Okay. So well, let's talk about that really quick. So okay, okay. The Ultimates were He-Man... Skeletor, Tila, and Ram Man. And Faker. 
And Faker, yeah. So the idea behind these were uh, two things. One, with the transition from from Super 7 to Mattel, Super 7 wasn't going to be able to handle all of the logistics of taking over the new figures and getting those figures out within a year, which would have meant that there would have been this gigantic dead period between when uh, we got the Roton um, or, or even when the Roton went on sale and the last couple of Maddie Collector's figures went on sale to the point when Super 7 could release their first wave. And that kind of thing kills a toy line. Exactly, can absolutely kill it. So as an interim measure, they said, well, let's do these ultimates. Um, you know, we want people to be able to get on board with us. And you can't get He-Man. You can't get Skeletor. Uh, you can't buy Tila. You, Tila's ridiculously expensive on the secondary market. Yeah. Ram Man had a very limited run. He's very, very hard to get. So the idea was to do these basically like a re, a, a, what is a, a, a wave of repaints with heavy on the accessories. I think, and, and the owner of Super 7, you know, are are these ultimates? Are these? Is this the epitome of everything that you could expect from a He-Man character? I would call them deluxe before I would call them ultimate. Ultimates is the wrong word. Yes, and I and and I and I don't agree that it is the ultimate version of any of these. Because characters. if it was ultimate, Skeletor, He-Man, and Faker would all come with their battle armor. Well, that's the problem. Is that what is an ultimate version of He-Man? Is that every single variant that He-Man's ever had? I don't think that's, it's every single variant, but I think it's it's the ones that your average toy fan is going to point to, and that includes to me the battle armor. It doesn't include Thunder Punch. It doesn't include Lightning Nose or any of the other right. bullshit. But at the very least, it's battle armor. Um, the probably the mini comic or like in Skeletor's case the Alcala head, mm-hmm. um, you know it's not every variation, but it's if you're a toy guy, these are the things I want with a He Man, right? So it served two purposes, and it certainly it was, it was a way for people to have some of these main characters. Well, wait, wait, and it's also certainly hinged wrists. No. No, but I'm saying it would be. That should be. Oh, that yeah, would be an be. ultimate. Yeah, I agree. Those are the things that are missing. The things that were the were the misses for me on this were that that it should have the hinged wrists like the filmation line does, and it should have and 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 Faker should have at least Faker should have had the battle armor. Well, I say all three of them. I mean, if if one of them's going to, all three of them should. But I don't think so because because the because the the other battle armor figures were easier to get than the extremely rare Toys R Us two pack. Well, right, but if if you're calling it if you're if you're putting them all under the same name, then they should all have the same stuff. And honestly, I would re- if I were looking at this from a new collector perspective, I would much rather have a battle armor Skeletor than uh, Keldor. Right, and the fact that Keldor, that, that, that Skeletor comes with a Keldor head and the Keldor cape, but not the dual swords right. 
the dual Keldor swords. That was a big miss. So that was Le- the other big miss for me. So with that being the case, leave Keldor out of the equation and put in the battle armor. Yeah, yeah, I could have seen that. Yeah. Um, now I will say that that an extra piece of armor, that armor takes up a lot of space in the box. Yeah, because there's all that hollow, empty, you know, where the body would be. Sure, but, but these boxes are pretty big. Yeah, I mean, it's oh, a box, and that's, and that's definitely the other thing. Is that the 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 Ultimates figures come in vintage inspired boxes? They do not look like classics boxes. Which I, as soon as I saw those vintage boxes, I I was kind of like, ooh, I almost wish that. Yeah. And granted, I threw all my packaging away, so I really don't give a shit. But man, I think they look nice. They do, and I and I think that that's a big thing for mint on card collectors. That's the packaging is a huge selling point on these. Um, the other thing to the other thing is that the Ram Man, because there are no other versions of Ram Man, Ram Man doesn't have any other heads to come with. I mean, he has the head, the other, the alternative unhelmeted head that he came with, right? But he doesn't have like an Alcala head, and and, and he has just the one puny axe that he has. So in order to make, you know, they wanted to re-release Ram Man because he was very, he, he's very difficult to get on the secondary market. They just did not make very many Ram Mans, and that's just the way it is. It's hard. He's not a figure that a lot of people have. For, for you know, an original 8-back character that was one of, like, the core vintage masters. Um, so in order to change it up, because they honestly didn't have anything else to work with to throw in, so they did him in the orange tunic, which is how he was presented on the back of the boxes before the figure was originally released. Um... He was on like on the the back card art. He was portrayed in the orange outfit, and then when he was released, and in all the other iterations, he was in red. Well, and and Super Seven had a, a tough deal here because they had to create these figures that appealed to the new collectors that had missed out before, and to people that already had these figures. Like mm-hmm. they had to figure out little tweaks. Yeah. Uh, for, for those of us who've already got all this stuff. And granted, they didn't do anything that, that compelled me to buy any of them. And not, nor me. Um, I did not get any of these. The only one that I would possibly be interested in is the the Ram Man. Just because he's actually different. Right. And isn't something that I have. I mean, he's he's like picking up a any other variant of He-Man or whatever. Um but I didn't want him that bad. Um, well, and so, that brings us to the the pricing, which I don't think, what are they, 35 right? Yeah, they're 35 I don't think that's bad, but then when you add $12 shipping on top of that. Right, you got to be getting, well, that's when you throw a bunch of extra stuff in, from the Super 7 store into your basket, and, <laughs> which isn't hard. <laughs> but the problem is, you know, it, it, when these were ordered in a, in a very brief window of time well not brief window i mean it was it was a fair amount of time to get them but uh, you know if there was nothing else in the super store super seven store at the time then you just lost out on these guys well you know i still don't have those glasses yet i could throw those in there and those are you know and i could always use a couple extra muscles but you didn't but i didn't but i didn't so that's fine so that was the sort of like we're still putting out he-man product there's not going to be a year and change between you know and i think that it was a really smart move it was a business move and it was smart 
and yes. it kept us it kept people hungry even though I didn't buy into it it kept people exciting and gave um you know people an entry point into collecting this line it gave people the ability to to pick up Attila who who you know who may have missed it or are not willing to pay the ridiculous amount of money that Tila costs on the secondary market, and and it's a it's it was a smart move. Well, and to hopefully, time, hopefully, this Tila will be constructed just a little bit better than the original. I'm not. Uh, you don't think uh, so? I think it'll be basically just like I mean, it'll be the new female buck, like when they redid Shira 2.0, right? Um, so it will be different than the original Tila, but I don't really think that it's. Well, the problem with the original Teal, or at least the one that I've got, is that the peg that connects the neck and the head is too long, and she's yeah, got this her, goofy her swan neck going yeah. on. All right, let's move on. But moving on to, to the, the new stuff, the new reveal. So they released. So the way Super Seven is going to basically roll things out is that it's going to be quarterly, and we're. It sounds like we're going to get four figures every quarter. So this is the first wave of four figures. Um, and it's a really, really solid spread across the different factions and iterations of Masters of the Universe. I agree. So, so we start out with Fangor. Fangor is a Snake Man. He is a um, concept character created by the artist Alex Jimenez, who has done tons of work on, on Masters. Um, and it, so this is... I think Fangor was featured in, in the mini comics that came out. Um, I think, yeah, there was when it was the Queen Slither or whatever her name was in in uh, I think in the future of the mini comics or whatever it was. So he was one of the new Snake Men. He, he is his his shtick is that he's like the man at arms of the Snake Men, he's which a, is weird. He's a freaking mechanic. That, yeah, yeah, he comes he's with their, a bunch of their weapons guy. He comes with a bunch of snake themed tools, which I think yeah. is the most amazing thing ever. He's got a wrench, a screwdriver, and a hammer that yep. are snake themed. Although I will be <laughs> interested to see the back of the figure to see if there are any places for him to store all these uh, extra yeah. fi- extra cool items that he's got. I really hope there's some clips on the back of that belt. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't like it when you give a character a bunch of cool things and then he can't actually hold them. Um he also has a weird little snaky flying snake buddy that I think goes over his shoulder somehow. I like his it. action feature. If if this was a vintage figure, his action feature would be that he has these gigantic extra long fangs that can extend out of his face. I love that long fang head. Yeah, and so if you comes notice, with two heads one with so basically just like Cobra Khan, where you've got one you know uh, with the hood. So you've got one head with the action feature not being activated and one head with the feature being activated. Well, and if you notice, if you look at his tongue, it looks like he's actually got like a hole, like the venom spitting oh, nice. type yeah. hole. Like That's a nice detail. Yeah. So I love this figure. I think he's awesome. Yes. I am a big fan of the Snake Men, and I am very happy. Now that the Snake Men are, have, have been done for a long time, basically, We've the Snake Men have been you know wrapped up for a while. So to get another Snake Man, uh, another member of that faction, I think is great. I love the design. I think it's a really good reuse of parts um, with some really cool new pieces, and I'm very, very pleased. I'm very much looking forward to this figure. Yeah, he's he's a definite buy for me. Uh, then we have a representative from New Adventures, one of the evil mutants. Quacky. 
Quacky. Um, Quake. Um, he he looks like a lot of the other evil mutants. He's got a bunch of techno-looking armor on, a crazy-looking face. Um, he's got a big old weapon that looks like it's a like some sort of grabber that throws boulders at people. Um, I think he fits he fits exactly in with Optic and Flog and all those guys. Um, while I am not a huge new new adventures source material fan. I really like how the new adventures figures look uh, as part of the classics collection. Yeah, um, I'm, I, I don't have a problem with them. I'm always happy to get them. I like all the new adventures figures that I have, even if I don't care for the cartoon. Well, here's how the I look, figures. Here's how I look at that. Um, you know, Masters of the Universe. The magic of it is well, the combination of magic and science fiction, and like barbarians and space warriors. So you have this spectrum going from like Ular mm-hmm. to Optic. Yep. You, you've got both ends, and I love like that. I like the New Adventures stuff for representing the like extreme sci-fi aspect of the franchise. Absolutely. Although I will say that that the New Adventures characters t- they have these just ridiculous footprints, like. Like, between Tuscador, and then you've got Flog, who has this gigantic weapon, and now you've got this other guy with this gigantic weapon. Like, you might be really able to hard to fit. You, you might be able to stand this thing up, though. I don't know. He can't hold on to the top of it. Well, no, but it might. he might be able to hold it like a staff, like maybe. No, but look, the top of it, there's nowhere to... It's, the handles are all at the bottom. Maybe. All right. Anyway, so I'm... I'm, I'm completely content to get quake i will get him he will go on my evil you know evil mutants uh shelf and i'm i'm nothing no very pleased i don't um, know, i don't know that i'll i'll get him i really dig him i like his looks but at the same time that face is really goofy oh yeah oh yeah i will not argue with you there. so i i don't know he's a maybe uh then we've got hawk who uh, comes from Filmation. I want to say the mini-comics, but I think I reading around that maybe she didn't. Um, but there's she comes with two different heads that don't look very different at all. Right. <laughs> well, what, it looks like one has red hair that's a little shorter and swooped out on the sides, and then one has longer blonde hair. Yeah, but you don't know how long that hair is that's on the figure. Well, it, if you look... It looks like it kind of swoops out at the bottom. See where right. it's just over her shoulders, where the other hangs down a little lower. It looks like, but but you're right. The, like the head itself is identical. It's just the hair is slightly I mean, different. So theoretically, you could get two of these, and then you could have two Avion warriors to flank. You know your your Stratos, but I don't I don't really think that they're different enough. No, no, to warrant doing that. So I, I'll just pick the one that I like. Once again, very very fan demanded character. She, you know, um, you know, there aren't that many female uh, characters that aren't Shira characters. Period. So we're always happy to get another one. Um, the big gun. I'm a little nervous about. There was a I forget what character it was, um, but there was another gun that had that shoulder strap kind of thing going on, uh-huh. and it broke like immediately. Oh, I know who you're talking about. It's somebody that I don't have. But I and, know yeah, what you're talking and, about. Uh, I'm glad to see this one has a little more paint on it. Well, this just, uh, this this one looks like it's fabric to me. Uh, I, it won't be. I, I, I do not. It will not be fabric. 
but uh, I hope that it does not have the thinness that caused the other one that I had to break. Um, I think she'll look very, very good up there next to Stratos. Um, I probably won't even, you know, I probably won't even have any of the accessories on her. I know that that gun was used in the Filmation episode because she betrays Stratos. She's, like, working for Skeletor, and that was the gun she had. So I I probably, she'll probably just be without accessories. Um, But very, very cool to get, uh, I mean, other than... Other than uh, the the other Caligar guy, the Whiplash's race, right? This is really, unless I'm missing, unless I'm forgetting something really big, this is their first time we've had another member of one of these Eternian races. Well, if you, I I, I pretend that my Blue Merman is another Merman guy. Oh, okay. But yeah. I mean, that's you know, that's technically not. But you've this got at all. you've got the. I mean, you got well, you got the Gar, which are like the blue people, but um, they're right, right. But but as far as like the cat people, the 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 lizard people, the bat people, you know, all those the races that are on the Council of Eternia, this is the first time to have really like two representatives um, that would go next to each other because you wouldn't pose uh, Whiplash with the Caligar guy, right? Because they're not on the same team. So so that's nice that you could have two Avion warriors next to each other. And then rounding it out, you've got Lodar. Well, wait, wait, wait. Hawk. No, wait. Uh, for, I, I know these these are probably all must-haves for you, but Hawk, for me, must have. Totally going to order. Oh, yeah. Um, well, I'm, yeah, I'm definitely getting all these. And I think she straddles the line between classics and filmation really well. I think she can go either way. Uh, Yeah, she's definitely very filmation. She doesn't have you know a whole ton of detail going on. But, yeah, she she's like any of the other filmation characters that – or released in classics, um, yes. You know, like like uh, like Lord Mask. Like I think I think she's you know, got or, a or, little. I think she's got a little more paint uh, shading wise than most of the fil- most of the purely filmation characters. Sure, but but is a little simpler than the, than the classics characters. I think she's one of those middle middle ground figures. Yeah. All right, uh, who is this guy? What is this? Lodar, Lodar of the Slave City. Um, so Lodar is a mini comics character. He has been at the top of the polls forever. Um, you know, it's one of those things where uh, He-Man gets mind-wiped and ends up in the gladiator ring, and he's got to fight some guys, and he fights this guy. Every um, 80s cartoon did that episode, every right. single one of them. So this little chain thing that you see here, it looks like it's designed – it looks like the top of the chains are static, you know, and then the ends are a little loose, but basically that – the top of what you're seeing is supposed to be plugged into the ground, and it's there's this very iconic the the mini comics cover is He-Man being chained to the ground by these chains, and Lodar is coming to whoop, give him a whooping. Okay, okay. So so theoretically, you, you can remake reenact that scene of He-Man being chained to the ground, and he comes with a mace, which is. I don't know. I think that's a new mace. It doesn't look like... No, that's here. the same mace as uh, the 30th anniversary, the knight guy, Sir Laserlot. Laserlot's mace. Okay. Yeah, it's the same thing as his. And I'd like to point out that Lodar's shoulder pads look exactly like Shredder's from Teenage Mutant Ninja yes, Turtles. Yes, the, uh, well, the mask, and, too. Well, um, his mask looks like the guy from Road Warrior. I can't remember his name. Yeah. There has been there has definitely been comparisons between him and Shredder. Um but, but just he's, the he's a cool pads. character. He was on the cover of one of the mini comics, you know, like 
he's on that list of of collector's choice characters that has been at the top for for all this time and I'm glad, you know, this this wave, I mean it's concept character, filmation character, mini comics character, new adventures character. The, and I believe that this is very indicative of what we will see. And I think that's good. I think that's yeah. very good. You're going to see a wide variety of sources for all these characters, but they're all going to be like in that sort of like, you know, C and D level because that's where we are now. The A-listers are done. And the good you thing know? the good thing about Super 7's uh, model is these are all made to order. There's not going to be any bullying about, you know, oh, you better order this many or we better get this many subscriptions or whatever. They're going to go up. You, you have your opportunity to pre-order them, and then they're going to make as many as get bought, and that's it. Yep. And, and I, I love that. I think that is the way to do it, and, and I'm I'm thrilled that Super 7 is a company with the smarts and the savvy to continue this line on in a way that, you know, essentially it could just keep going on forever in perpetuity. Yeah. All right. Well, we even though we had well, we didn't have less to talk about because we we had we had a few bits and pieces outside of the main class. We did have line. some reveals, and I do have one more thing that I wanted to talk about. Okay, do it the, real quick. The Dorbs. Uh, I'm I'm not a big fan of the Dorbs themselves, but the Dorbs Battle Cat. Yes, I am absolutely in love with. I agree. I bought it immediately. I I believe that the price was absolutely worth the entire price of Battle Cat. I honestly, I could totally live without the He-Man that comes on him, and I don't even know if I'm going to display him with with the He-Man. But the Battle Cat is hands down my beyond the loyal subjects, beyond anything that isn't just like straight up classic style figures. Favorite other, you know, license use. That Battle Cat is unbelievably adorable, and I love it to pieces. Absolutely, I totally agree with you on that one. So. All right. All right, man. I think that's it. I think we've covered that's it. every bit of Masters of the Universe uh, classics information that it, that is yeah. to be had for the past year. Uh, but before we go, you and I have a little something going on tomorrow night, February the 11th. We do. Tell me about the it. The Puck and Puppet Show is back for its last show of the season. Before things wind down and turn into convention season, it is our Valentine's Puck and Puppet Show this Saturday, February 11th at 11.30, which is late, but that is the best I could do given the schedule that was available to me from the theater and from my incredible, amazing, should-not-be-missed guest artist, Vanessa Valliere, all the way from Chicago. Ooh, um, the Windy she City. Is, she is unbelievably funny. I saw her two years ago when I went to the Chicago International Puppetry Festival. I saw her act, and after the show, I walked up to her and I gave her my card, and I said, you'll be hearing from me. And I finally found the right. I thought that her work was perfect for the Valentine's Day show. I'm so happy to be bringing her in. She... She is a incredibly phenomenal, hilariously talented woman. And if you if you like comedy, if you like physical comedy, if you like clowning, if you love puppetry, her acts are going to bring the house down. She is incredible. But Phantom will be joining us again to co-host 
uh, and to be bringing us some brand new. Normally, traditionally, we don't do uh, audience games at the Valentine's show, but Phantom will be delivering some. Because they're all going to be wiener-based. So come come for Vanessa Valier and stay for the wiener games. Yes. And you will all be wieners. So, where, uh, where is this Phantom happening? Will, Phantom will put up a link to the show. A wiener link. A wiener link, yes. Several <laughs> links of wieners, all linked together. And if you follow the wiener links... <laughs> to the Village the Theater. Rainbow. It's the Puckin' Puppet Show. The Village Theater in Atlanta, Georgia. Go to the uh, just, just go to Facebook and look for Puckin' Puppet Show and you'll find it. That's right. That's right. All right, Bo, thank you so much for coming on and uh, making my month by talking about Masters of the Universe. Hey, oh, thanks, man. I want to do. I want to get on all these commentaries too. Yeah, absolutely. You got to pick a movie. You got to tell me what you want to watch. All right, it might. I, I think it. I think we should do crawl. We'll do crawl then. Let's do crawl. I'll put it in the schedule. Right on. Let's all do right, it, man. All right. Well, uh, thanks everybody for listening and good journey. Yes. Thanks to Rad Rangers Radical Radcast for sponsoring the show this week. Thanks to Mr. Bo Brown for coming on and for having me as a co-host or a games host of the Puck and Fuppet Show, which happens tomorrow night. Uh, go to Facebook and look up Puck and Fuppet Show and you'll find out all about it. And uh, thanks to the Mystery Men, uh, which if you go to Facebook and look for the Mystery Men or Google the Mystery Men of Surf, uh, you will find their stuff. They provide our inter- interstitial music each and every week. And also go to lesexoflex.com for the sexy, sassy, incredible people that created our intro music uh, so many years ago that, that replaced uh, something that I, I wouldn't legally be able to use uh, for 150-whatever episodes we're on now. 140-something. 146, right? Is that right? I don't know. I don't have anything in front of me. That's my guess. Hopefully this is episode 146, which makes 103 times, I think, that I've asked you uh, to check out Amazon uh, through the Needless Things site page, and probably maybe 50 or 40 times I've asked you to go to supportphantom.com. And uh, if everybody that listened to the show would give one dollar, then uh, that would be super. I, I can't really make any claims about it right now. That would just be great. I would appreciate it. And finally, I want to tell you guys, if you stick around for a second, after I finish my talkie talk here, I have a treat for you. If you are strong of heart and of stomach, I've got a little something extra. So, so stick around and remember... I love you guys. Maybe the sorceress meant for us to sing the song. Both of you, sing it together. Maybe if I blow into the other end of the horn, it will help. 
Beautiful music together. Thank you for listening to the Needless Things podcast. You're the best. You can find the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Downcast, or in the ears of a Trader Vix employee. And of course, it's at needlessthingssite.com. Love you, mean it. Uh huh. <laughs>